0: Yeah, you are now listening to the sound of Sports Reports is ordered. Y'all hear me out there. We hope y'all had a good holiday. We hope you had a good Christmas. We hope you having a good Hanukkah and all that. Kwanzaa is in the building. Don't forget about Kwanzaa. You know what I'm saying? We tried to uplift and then people shitted on us like that ain't no real holiday. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Tonight. As always, I am flanked by the one and only New Jerusalem's own, your VA bread, your putting this foot on your neck, your. They call him <laughs> Mister Logical. That's the introduction right there. That's
1: the introduction right there. That's how I want people to announce me when I walk in the room from now on. You know, that's from now that on, that's how you drive the standard is the yeah. standard. Shut out Mike Tom.
0: Yeah. Yo, and I'm 2-5. Y'all knew that already, but I had to remind y'all. We are back tonight. We're going to talk about the college football playoffs. We're going to talk about some of the bowl games this weekend, including the massacre in Miami. The massacre is coming. Florida State fans, you know what I'm saying? Hide your wife. Hide your kids. You know what I'm saying? Then we got Sunday NFL. Who can clinch this weekend? Are there any divisions up for grabs? We will talk about it in more. But first, as always, we're going to set it off with a little something that we like to call get it off my chest.
1: The Lakers not making that trade happen. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop Make one of them. Woj, uh, Shams dudes in my sports groups that I'm involved with, it's not happening. It is not happening at all. You're not getting Kevin Durant in LA. <laughs> You're not getting Zach Levine in LA. You're not getting DeJounte Murray from Atlanta in LA. You're not getting Draymond in LA. Like That's four that I saw this week without even looking for it. Uh-huh. Just hanging out with my daughters back over here over this way hanging out We just flipping through my phone, watching Johnny Tess on my phone or watching pictures <laughs> on TV and these things are just popping up on my phone and every time I'm looking like what's going on here. but it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen and I understand like that people want to make these deals they want the splash deal. Like we said in the pre meeting, how come no one's talking about what Indiana should do? How come nobody's, like, posting the trade that Toronto should make? How come no one's posting about the trade that Golden State would make with another team? Uh You know, so it's just like we have Laker faithful, and I'm not – listen, I'm not trying to knock your dreams because you want your team to succeed. LeBron fans, listen, I'm one of them. I understand, like, you want them to succeed – but it's unlikely that any other GM is gonna fall for these these moves. It's like if you're willing to make these moves, that puts you in a position. Well, you're not in a position of power. Mm-hmm. No one, it's 2024 in a couple of days. I'm not sure a lot of teams are looking out for the 2029 or 2030 first round pick. Because let's let's keep it a bean. That dude's 14 right now. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of teams out here scouting 13, 14 year olds like, "Yo, we get that 2030 1st round pick. That dude is going to be nice for us in 6 years." It's like it's unlikely. So, we can keep pumping them out there. I think they're funny, I think they're hilarious. Uh, but I don't want you posting it talking about, "Yeah, Palenka, get on it. This the movie Nick <laughs> Rob." Like, come on. It's one thing It's like if you posting it just because the sports news, like Mike sent one to me. And I was like, are you talking about the KD trade? And he sent it to me. And then I sent one back to him with the Draymond trade. Mm-hmm. But neither one of us believe this trade is going to happen. And as a Laker fan, you should be on board with us saying it's not going to happen. Two, three years ago, you have real opportunities. You have real assets. You could have made some real moves. Polinka didn't make them. Post, post-championship October 2020 is when it was open to either re-sign players or make trades, after that, man, it, it kind of fills it out. So, it's a wrap. It's not going to happen. Just do me a favor. Find something else to share. That would be pretty dope.
0: Well, first of all, I don't know because the Bulls are 5-13 and 13 in games that Zach Levine played this year, and they're like something like 9-5 and five without him or 8-5 and five without him. So, you know, th- there could be something brewing there. Ever since I asked for Billy Donovan to get fired, you know, he got hurt. Levine got hurt. And then the Bulls took off, apparently. So, you know, eight and five without him. So he might be on his way out. You know, I just don't know if the Lakers – I don't know why Laker fans think people want D'Angelo Russell. Like, they're like, we could just move D'Lo. And it's like, who wants him? Like You don't I would, want him. I would, if, if D'Lo – came into the Y right now, I would not pick him.
1: I mean, i pick him then. He's like 6'7". Nah. <laughs> i I'll take him then. Nah, we're running, out, fives. Him. we're running fives. I'll
0: still out-rebound him. We're running still fives. We're running fives. I'll still out-rebound out him. I'll still uh, but out if I
1: need him to make a smart decision with four minutes left in the game and we down six and it's 113-107 against Dallas, yeah, I don't know if I can really use him there.
0: Yeah, I would like to see if Draymond were to move, you know, uh, I think I would like to see him in Dallas with Luca.
1: Draymond's moving to TNT.
0: Yeah, that's where Draymond moving. Triple single, you know, saying about to be same back channel, same bat yeah. time. It's about to be
1: him, yeah. Charles, Ernie, Kenny, and Shaq on stage. Ernie gonna look like the odd man out Not Chuck like, doing no remote work.
0: <laughs> he so. got a show with Gail King now. Yeah. Yo. You know. uh, um But yeah, oh, touchdown Missouri. We finally got a touchdown in this Cotton Bowl at the start of the fourth quarter, 14.55 to go. Cody Schrader hits the end zone. So Missouri's about to kick the extra point, 95-yard drive, soon to be 7-3 pending the extra point. So being an American, there's one word that has stood out to me throughout our history, equality. When I think of equals, I like to think of women as my equal, you know, uh, anything a boy can do, a girl can do for the most part. There's obviously physical limitations that get involved, but they can't do it. If they can't do it, it's not because they're a woman. You know, as I look at equals, I think about sports and I just look at teams, right? So I go, okay, New York Giants, Washington Commanders, that seems equal. You know, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, that seems equal. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take the time to apologize to the Texas A&M Aggies because I've been calling y'all weirdos for like 10 years now. It probably started when I was listening to Bomani Jones. You know, now my daughter's about to go there. And then I learned last night that all these years, I thought Texas and Oklahoma were equals, but they are not. What I learned last night, is that I have nightmares about that damn song. Like everywhere I go, if I even hear the slightest tune of a song, all I hear is do 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 do. That's all I hear, you know. And I'm I'm a Florida State fan, so I know how annoying the war chant probably is for opposing fans. But usually, when I hear Florida State, it's like beginning of the game maybe a big third down, you know, maybe, like, we got to the red zone and, you know, like, get amped up or whatever. But I tell you, it'd be first and ten, these dudes back to pass. And do 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 do-do-do-do. And as they were showing the fans around the stadium, you know, the Alamo Bowl last night against Arizona, for those not following, you know, every single OU fan they put on that screen with the horns down,
1: Not even playing Texas.
0: Texas just living rent-free. You know, I don't think, you know, now granted, I've never seen Texas in person, but I don't think that the Longhorns are just sitting around getting the first down going, boomer sooner.
1: Yeah, not at
0: all. You know what I mean? Like, they aren't, like, if, if, if Texas, you know, gets a stop on second and two, I don't think I'm going to hear the eyes of Texas. So when I looked at Oklahoma last night, I felt like a little brother just begging to watch Dragon Ball Z with his big brother. Now, I know that Texas has a 12-game lead in the all-time series. They have a way bigger lead on A&M, 30-plus games. But even A&M at least acts the part as if they are on the same level as Texas. They truly believe in their hearts that they're on the same level as Texas. The crazy thing about it is Oklahoma beat Texas this year. Now, I don't know if just being in San Antonio was close enough to Austin that the Sooners wanted to put on a show and remind Texans that they're better, that they were better than Texas for a Saturday this year, but here's the secret Oklahoma fans. You're not.
1: It's unfortunate.
0: It's unfortunate. Like dude, literally every single fan they showed like old people, young people, little kids, you know, like, uh, you know, I have to say though, like I did enjoy, Uh, Lindsay was telling me one time, she went to a bar in Wyoming with some of our neighbors. And she said, like ten o'clock at night, you know, uh, they went early. To, you know, ten o'clock at night, they uh they turned all the music off in the bar. They just started playing the national anthem, and uh, in the bar, and they're just, you know, they're doing the USA, USA. Like, People are so patriotic. As like funny. I never heard a USA chant like I heard last night after that national anthem. Them you fans, like they love them some America. I tell you that much. Anyway, let's turn the page because the wait is over Monday. We are three days away from finding Some out
1: controversy.
0: Who's the going to controversy. The national, who's going to play for the national? Oh, the
1: controversy. You know, follow who, the money. People follow the money.
0: We're going to start off in the great state of, well, you know, the state of California. You know, at the Rose Bowl, where we saw Vince Young win the national title against USC. One of the
1: greatest games I've ever seen.
0: Greatest game I ever saw college football-wise. You know, Michigan, Alabama, two teams that I think are pretty damn even, as much as even you can be. Then, you know, we're going to take it down to Louisiana, down to New Orleans, Texas, and Washington. So, Mr. Logical. I know how you feel, so I'm gonna just let you have the floor. Tell me why Michigan ain't got a chance in hell. Listen,
1: it's not that I don't think they got a chance in hell. It's just that uh, I had a friend of mine. Shout out my friend, Carl Dixon. He wrote a wrote a book. Uh, he's he's one of the you know people say there's great philosophers in your time. He's one of the great philosophers of my life. I remember I met him in Korea. And he said a phrase to me that just like stuck with me since 2005. Okay. He said an empty wagon makes the most noise.
0: Ooh.
1: And 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 to break that down, it was like, he used an example. If you see two guys in a club, or two people ready to fight. Right. And you see one guy yelling and screaming and making a big scene. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll beat you. blah, 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 blah. blah. He was like, if you see that guy and the guy across from him who's getting all this information is calm, He's like, that dude has substance. It's like a wagon that you push to the parking lot, for the grocery store. It's banging on the concrete, everything else. But if you put substance in it, you put food in it, you put something to weigh it down, you put solid, inf- solid stuff into this wagon, it makes less noise. When Alabama clapped calmly when they were announced as the fourth team out of the four in the college football playoff, Nick Saban took a sip of his water, put the cap back on it, put it down, and everyone just – it was like, okay. These dudes believe that they were number one in the country. Their coach believes they're number one in the country. And they believe in each other that they're number one. Michigan's reaction is not the same. There was a lot of despair in that room. A lot of, a lot of, oh, 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 oh." and then like some fake. Yeah. Just that in of itself is enough. If I'm a coach, every position group meeting, you play a little video, you play it on the iPad. You don't have to say anything like these dudes are already afraid of you. This is what you do to these players. And you say they're even. Yeah, they might be even with the five stars and things of that nature. But when you get to that second tier, your five star linebacker for linebacker, you know, for Michigan, he rolls an ankle. He misses a series. Are you putting another five star or four star? Are you putting in a three star guy? Okay. Alabama's offensive line could go down. And they could bring in five four-star guys mm-hmm. right off the rip. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the difference. I think the controversy that Michigan's kind of riding on us everybody versus Michigan or Michigan versus everybody, however you want to like, you know, flip it and phrase it, in the vernacular. Alabama's already felt that way. And they have achievements to back up every time they felt that way. So it's like, like that. oh. so like that's, that's that you're getting
0: point. into my first point. Uh huh, I like that.
1: So Michigan's feeling it, but their coach might be gone. I don't know how much money you got to offer Nick Saban to get him out of, out of out of Alabama. I don't think NFL teams even call you. Gotta you gotta, you gotta offer him ownership,
0: don't you? I don't think you, I don't think they even call his agent. He want that Caleb Williams deal.
1: <laughs> you might have to give him that Robert Craft parking spot situation.
0: All right. But yeah. So y'all gonna see me looking at my phone because
1: Go I on got, your rant. I got I gotta I grab got, something for you real quick. go got, ahead, I got, go on I your got rant.
0: Printer, I got printer issues, so you know I'm looking at my phone because that's where my notes are. So don't mind me. But Mr. Logical, like I said, he made my point that I was gonna bring up because everybody keeps saying it, and I told him in our pre-meeting. Everybody keeps saying the same thing. So now I got a 2-5. Because at the start of this season, I had Michigan and Alabama playing for the national title. I had Michigan winning that game. You know, I had Florida State and Washington. uh, uh, Also in the playoffs, I had Michigan beating uh, Florida State, Alabama beating Washington. That was my final four. So here we are, you know. but. This is the point that everybody keeps making, and this is my retort to that. So Nick Saban has been here before. Alabama has all of these accomplishments. You know what? Nick Saban has been here before. These players ain't been there. Jalen Milbrough ain't played no playoff games. Isaiah Bond hasn't played a playoff game. Ja'Cory ain't played a playoff game. Jason McClellan might have been on the roster in 2021, but he wasn't playing in no playoff game. Now, Jim Harbaugh on the other side of this, you know, terrible bowl game record. Last year, everybody thought he had a layup against TCU. J.J. McCarthy threw two pick sixes in route to losing by double digits to TCU. Uh, when We could have had a Michigan-Ohio State national title game if Ohio State would have made the kick and Michigan would have played like they should have. Um, he did have 345 yards in that game, J.J. McCarthy passing. So lately, over the last month or so, we've been hearing about how Michigan doesn't have a passing game. There's been odds and issues saying, "Eh, you know, he's been hurt, you know. Well, you know what? Excuses are over. You've had a month to heal. So on New Year's, bring the best to the table, and that's what we want to see. This is the best defense Alabama will have played this season. This is the best defense Michigan will have played all season. In the same way that Mr. Logical just said Alabama has all these accomplishments, Georgia did too. Where are they right now? You know, they're out here getting ready to massacre a half team tomorrow. You know? Now, with that being said,
1: setting up the dominoes.
0: Against against Georgia, <laughs> against Georgia, Jalen Milroe you know, they always talk about game of inches. He had two or three passes that Georgia could have picked up. You know, obviously the Bama receiver made a good play or the ball just fit in there, but you can't rely on winning that closely. I don't know if Jalen Milrow can make the intermediate throws that he needs to make to beat Michigan because Michigan doesn't give up explosive plays. Jalen Milrow specializes in the explosive play. So he has the cannon for an arm, but can he make the sideline the sideline, keep the chains moving through? That's what I have questions about. He's already focused on Coach Bill O'Brien talking about Bill O'Brien said, I shouldn't even play quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Well,
1: Bill O'Brien's awful. Can we, yeah, yes. Can we sign up America? Yes. He's not good at his job. He's
0: not good at his job. Okay. Uh, Bama brought in George Hilo. I think that's how you said Hilo, who was a former linebacker coach for Michigan, who um, got let go at the end of last season. So maybe they have some intel. Maybe they have some things. I know... We Isaiah all know Lolo, about
1: intel and yeah. getting information yeah. on Lolo, but yeah. yeah. So
0: according to, to Isaiah to Bond...
1: On Instagram and everything else, you can get it so, from them
0: So according to Isaiah Bond, I don't know if he was supposed to let the cat out the bag, but he was talking about how Bama is only looking at tablets and all this kind of stuff to watch Michigan, and they're not you know, putting anything out there that could be seen, you know. So maybe Alabama's Close focused the
1: door. on maybe Alabama.
0: Yeah, the maybe door Alabama's door. focused on the wrong thing. You know, because like I said, I'm I'm gonna give the floor back to you right now. But like I said before, Nick Saban has been here before. A lot of those players haven't.
1: Well, I mean, it's 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 all about leadership, and I think that leadership he established that when he recruited them. Being recruited to Alabama is an upper echelon division one program. It's over the last we'll call it the Sabin era. I mean, obviously, you go back to Bear Bryan and all these other guys, and you know, they've been in national championships, and Alabama's been a staple of college football forever. Anybody under 21 they don't know about all that. In, the, keep in mind, a guy that's 21 today was born in 2002. He was born after 9-11. So, like, he doesn't know about the history of Alabama. He may hear some rumblings, but as far as his, being, his ability to be recruited comes from the fact that since he was six or seven or eight years old, Nick Saban has been one of the premier coaches in college football. He had a little stand in the NFL, but for the most part, he's been a premier coach in college football. Mm-hmm. You've been a premier coach at Alabama. You have top draft picks, hydrogen trophy winners, national championships. Nick Saban can just walk into a room and not even have to really recruit you. He's like out of Alabama, that's what we do. So I think everybody birthday, there,
0: huh?
1: <laughs> every, everybody, everybody knows, you know, what they can do there. And I believe that they believe in the coach. That's why, like, he doesn't hold his assistants. He lets them go get other jobs. He's like, listen, I can make this happen and my beliefs. So I think a lot of these players believe in that. I think they buy into that. There's probably a lot of players on Michigan that probably would have transferred if they would have lost Ohio State. Because I don't know if they believe in Harbaugh being there. Cause we we we're gonna throw out a couple teams here when we do our NFL talks just just in banter that have a realistic shot of probably stealing Harbaugh away from Michigan with all the turmoil that's supposed to be this 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 rally cry for the Wolverines whereas Alabama just being ranked number four this year is enough to get everybody on the team to buy into the playoff like They probably really, truly feel as if, even with the loss of Texas, that they are the number one team in
0: America. Well, they're like, yo, we beat Georgia.
1: And they probably felt like they were number one, because we talked about it in our pre-meeting. They were 2 and one after the UCF game, correct?
0: USF, yeah.
1: USF game. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And you and I were having conversations like, if they're going to look like this for the rest of the season, it's gonna be a lot of transfer guys that are looking like Alabama might be the spot for me to go as from the quarterback position because Melrose was benched for a game. And then all of a sudden, from their first loss to Texas, they went 12th straight. Mm-hmm. They ran the table, they beat Georgia, and then they still they still plop into the college football playoffs in their minds at four. That's the thing that I think can really rally a team. The us, Al- Michigan versus everybody, it's people on that team that don't give a damn what happened with the signs stealing. They're like, I got nothing to do with that. I have nothing to do with whatever assistants was sitting in the stands or buying tickets. That doesn't really resonate with me personally. But if I'm on Alabama and I'm a linebacker or if I'm a wide receiver or a tight end or a guard and you're telling me that you think these three teams are better than me? And better than us, I can rally behind that because I can look at somebody else on my team and they're not gonna believe that either. It's dudes on Michigan that don't give a damn that they were stealing signs. It's not like it's not like there's a dude out there, third string running back, who thinks like man, I can't believe they was we they said we were stealing signs. He don't give a damn about that.
0: Well, but everybody everybody, that everybody in the does. crimson
1: in, in that crimson thinks that we should be number one. And I think that's going to be the thing that they can follow. I think stealing signs
0: is something that everybody does. That's why you see people like McVeigh walking around like this, you know, and really? like, you know, and so, so, so like, it's just one of those My things. My not
1: use football youth football league does that. They go record the other team. Well, they, well,
0: like, I think nine, 10, the difference kid. with Michigan was they were just, dude was just flying to all these different games and sitting in the crowd. I think that might've been the difference if, I don't know if everybody's doing that part of it, but
1: Two, yeah, but what I'm saying is like I don't know if that I don't know if that resonates with all the players. I don't think all the players feel like they are personally being attacked. Right. To the point where the, the, this narrative Michigan versus everybody,
0: like it just depends on how much they like Harbaugh, I guess. But there's two things that scares me for Michigan. Number one, and Missouri looks like they're about to up yep, first and goal of Missouri. Um, two things that scare me for Michigan. One, ready? I'm listening. Get your tapes ready. Michigan Michigan and Texas are the two most overrated pieces of trash in college football. You know, because all I hear about is how great they are, how much resources they have, and I don't see nothing to back it up. Michigan has two national titles, 1947 or so, or 1948, somewhere around there, and a split in 1997, the year before the BCS started. Texas ain't that much better, but their last national title was that aforementioned Vince Young national title that we talked about. They made it back one. McCoy got hurt, you know, but, uh, but those are the two teams that every year Michigan has the most wins in college football than everybody else, you know, Texas, more resources, best job in the country, even better than Alabama. People say, you know, and where the results at. So that's number one. Uh, Well, actually, three things now. I just thought of a third thing. Michigan, bowl record under Harbaugh. Harbaugh's bowl record three and seven. You know, and I believe they were on a five-bowl game losing streak. Now, this was before the transfer portal. This was before, you know, we didn't care about the bowl games and all that. Does he have a problem remotivating his team once they have that month off? You know, because I feel there's an art to that. You know, uh, the third thing is what we talked about pre-meeting is that Michigan is the one team in college football besides the service academies in Iowa that just have not adapted. Like Michigan still plays 1995 football, you know, Alabama likes to be physical. Georgia likes to be physical, but they will open up the passing game and rip you apart if they have to, even if it's death five thousand paper cuts. You know, uh over the last few years, like before, like if you came into like 2013 and I told you that over the next couple years, Alabama was gonna have people like Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, John Mechie, Devontae Smith, you would have looked at me and thought I was crazy. Because Alabama never had those type of receivers that they would have a Bryce Young, a Tua, a Jalen Hurts. That's not what Alabama does, but Alabama, as they had a stranglehold on the sport, saw that the sport was evolving. And they said, if we want to maintain our spot, we got to do this. You know what I'm saying? Michigan, on the other hand, they look at it and say, this is Michigan football. So Alabama has the advantage if this game comes down to who has to adapt. Like, this plan A isn't working. What's plan B? Alabama can win this game any kind of way that Michigan wants to play it. You know, I don't know if Michigan can do that. Now, J.J. McCarthy, I talked about it. 345 yards last year against TCU, but two pick sixes. The game against Penn State this year, eight passes total. You know, the last five games of the season, he didn't really do much as far as offering a hand to the Michigan offense but he's going to have to this time. And if these comparisons that I'm hearing about him to Andrew Luck and Kirk cousins are true, he got to show it on Monday, you know, so who you got, you taking Bama for sure.
1: I'm taking Bama just because, I mean, it's, I think, I think I saw a poll where most of the country is still rooting for Michigan. I just think that even if Jalen Merrill isn't playing great, Alabama has the density to just just dump just just to win the game physically. Right. Physically right. up front. We talked about McCarthy. I don't know if you mentioned that he was he's listed at six three two zero three. I didn't mention that, yeah. He's missed it. 63 He's been in Michigan for three years. If you're only 203 pounds, that means you're not a naturally big person. You're not putting on a lot of weight. Because 63 Steph Curry is 6'3",
0: 2'15". Yeah, Andrew Luck was a tank.
1: Andrew Luck was like big lower half, big body. I think Baker Mayfield right now is probably 6'1", 2'15", 2'20", just a thicker, bigger body. Yeah. Kyler Murray's probably listed at 5'10", 205. So McCarthy theoretically is 4 to 5 inches taller than Kyler Murray, but he's only – two pounds lighter. Like it just doesn't seem the like math a big math body. It. The math, not math. And uh, the fact that I haven't seen him, it's like the Brock Purdy conundrum. You haven't really seen him in a pressure situation where he, they're relying on his shoulder to carry them.
0: Right. Um, Missouri, so, Missouri did get the touchdown. So 14, three Missouri.
1: Yeah. I saw that uh, this Ohio state game is weird because when, when you're missing your talent, Missouri is going to enjoy his victory because I'm pretty sure they're going to win. I'm not, I'm not I'm not, I'm not sure I'm saying. Sure it's only it's like five so minutes left, left
0: or something like five that. Five
1: minutes left. You haven't moved the ball enough to. Yeah, Devin Brown started the you're game. You're going to get 12 points.
0: Devin Brown started the game who I thought should have been Ohio State's quarterback all season instead of Kyle McCord. But Kyle McCord had the relationship with Harvin Marison's son. So, you know, I was like, okay, like, I guess that's why they played him. Harvin Marison. List. Yeah, we don't say that name on this podcast, so I ain't even going there. <laughs> Harvin Harrison, this, 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 ain't, this ain't easy we'll money sniper, you know what I'm saying? This ain't we'll easy let money it sniper, slide. You know what I'm uh, saying? But yeah.
1: uh So, like, like I said, I don't think they're going to get 12 points. But, um, yeah, I just – I think it's an easy money bet. It's a simple bet just to ride with Alabama, especially considering – that they didn't limp in. It wasn't a situation like we had a few years back, and we discussed it before when they didn't even play in a conference championship. And I right. believe Georgia, did Georgia,
0: beat yeah, it was someone? Georgia Auburn, yeah, it was, uh, yeah,
1: and Auburn beat Georgia. Or Georgia beat Auburn.
0: Georgia beat Auburn beat Georgia and Alabama in the regular season. Georgia beat Auburn in the Auburn and, title game.
1: It gave each one of them at least two losses. Alabama only had the one, so CFP committee put them in.
0: Yeah. Uh, Georgia got in that year, that was the two-a year. That was the 2 to Devontae Smith year. So, so yeah. Georgia was 11-1. That only lost to Auburn. And then Alabama's only loss was to Auburn as well. But Auburn – so if Auburn would have won against Georgia, then it would have been Auburn and Alabama in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, so Alabama just seems to have a path to the playoffs. They do it every year. They understand the pressure. Nick Saban understands the, the magnitude of the moment. I'm not sure if Harbaugh has ever really been allowed to just kind of be present in the moment. It seems as if the expectation to just beat Ohio State is over his head all year long. And then when he finally gets over that hump, now he has to focus on the bowl game. Whereas every year, the standard is for Alabama beat Auburn. That's it. Like, that's the expectation. It said it's not mentioned six to seven weeks out of the year with breakdowns. Like, right. Alabama doesn't go into an old Miss game in October with the conversation being about can Nick Saban beat whomever the Auburn coach is right in November, whereas the Harbaugh or the Ohio state coach for that matter, that's their whole conversation. No one cares if they're playing Iowa or if no one cares if they're playing Wisconsin or Nebraska, or if it's October 17th or October 31st, whatever day it is, no one cares about those games. They only care about the Michigan Ohio State game, even the Penn State game. LeVar Arrington says something like, "We don't care about that. When James Franklin lost, he was like, that's a Michigan State, Michigan-Ohio State thing to care about. Oh, you got to beat this one team.
0: LeVar Arrington is a damn liar.
1: Yo, he is huge. He walked past me in the airport one time. I saw him and Peyton Manning in the Newark airport. NFL players are gigantic. They're like the biggest people you ever seen you in your life. Like if it, I saw him in the field of Utah one time, the biggest people ever. They're not always bright when it comes to football takes, but that's neither here nor there. But like he's, what he said, what he said was valid. He's like that's not a thing for everybody.
0: He's a damn liar. I say it,
1: that with we, all due respect, Levar. No, no, I think no, that would no, all due no. respect. Check do it out, respect. check it out, check it out. Think about Utah, BYU. We used to in Utah. If you ever listen to any sports, local sports radio. Utah could be – this one back when they are in the Mountain West and BYU was so dependent. Utah could have been playing New Mexico October 12th. The conversations that they were calling in about was the Holy War game. That was the whole season. The whole season came down to that game. Ohio State-Michigan, the whole season comes down to that game. Ryan Day has done a great job at Ohio State. Following up for a couple of legends, you got to keep in mind, like the legends, the recent legends, the ch- the the national championship legends that he's had to follow recently. Yeah, he hasn't had the chance to national championship, but he's done. He didn't the, the 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 team isn't in purgatory, but because he followed these legends and those legends are connected to this rivalry, every year they want to cut his head off. I just want him to stop dyeing his hair and his beard. No, like this dog, is, you older than me. Let that great show. No, but this is why realistically, LaVar, that that's that's the problem that, that I think Michigan and Ohio State have. That's why Alabama, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be more prepared for this game because it's not a narrative about winning every game every week. They just do this, it all the time.
0: Well, this is why LeVar Arrington is lying. And I say it with all due respect, LeVar. Don't hunt me down. I'm just saying. Hunt you know, it down so we can get it on with publicity. Because I care, and I say a prayer for Salma Hayek every day, even though Salma Hayek don't know who I am. So Penn State has been trying to get Michigan and Ohio State's attention since they joined the Big Ten. Ohio State and Michigan just don't give a fuck about them. But
1: that's what what he was saying. What he was saying is that, The fans, but but no,
0: Penn State cares. That's the point that I'm making. Penn State
1: cares. But he's talking about the the fallout. This was post-law, this was after the game was over. He was saying how the Penn State fans are calling for Franklin's head because he didn't beat Ohio State. He was like, That's not our measuring stick, that's not how we measure our success of a season. He was like, that's how those teams measure their succeed their success for a season, because Ohio State is probably me thinking.
0: Maybe that's the problem. Maybe let's, that's let's, the problem, because Penn State doesn't beat Ohio State or Michigan, so maybe that's the problem.
1: Maybe that, but maybe it's rec, maybe it's self awareness. Like, yo, we we're not gonna we're not gonna compete well, with no, these guys every of, They years. won
0: national titles under Joe Pa. They got more titles than Michigan.
1: Imagine if Ryan Day was gonna get fired. Because, (laughs) but who would have to be available? Would Kirby Smart have to be available for you to fire him?
0: Yes.
1: Would Lane Kiffin have to be available for you to fire him? Like Brian Kelly, you need you need a name. Well, word
0: on the street is, since you brought that up, word on the street is that Brian
1: Kelly was 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 rumored right?
0: Yeah, if Harbaugh leaves, uh, they might go try to go that route.
1: I mean, he made that. He got the Heisman Trophy winner at Ohio you State. Know, I mean, but, uh, Arizona State. But
0: all right, so check it out. Let me get back on track here. So, uh, I say all what I said to say. That I'm picking Alabama to win this game because <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I just got to lay the case. I do think Michigan can win this game. I think a lot of people think that it's a foregone conclusion that Alabama's going to win this game. Um, I also. If it was the other way around, if Alabama was favored, I would probably like Michigan more. But since Michigan's favored, your point about how Alabama's like, "Yo, we just beat Georgia. Like, why you favored over us?" That's just more ammo, you know. If you believe in that kind of stuff. Now, Zach Zinter, Michigan star offensive lineman, broke his fibula in the Ohio State game, or tibia, one of the two. He broke. That's his when tibia. they would
1: chant his name, right?
0: Yeah. So. He ain't there. That's going to give Alabama an advantage because up to date, Michigan has only given up 18 sacks this season. You know, so can Alabama generate pressure? You know, Michigan has a good defensive line, but they don't necessarily get after the quarterback. They just play sound defense. So they have to keep everything in front of them. Like I said, make Millbro throw the sideline throws, make him take the underneath stuff because if he goes over the top, you're in trouble. Miller uh, has to
1: take the six-yard scrambling to get out of bounds when it's available. That, too.
0: That, too. He has to, step uh, because I've seen a lot played, of games where Michigan he has held to on a, to the
1: ball, where he didn't just go, just get to six yards.
0: Michigan hasn't played a quarterback with that dynamic ability this year. You know, then on top of that, you know, the other, the other thing here is that Alabama averages 49 penalty yards per game, so they got to maintain discipline in this game. You know, that's a Nick Saban staple usually, but the last two to three years, they've just been getting penalties out the yin yang, out the ass. He's
1: probably you made know? some concessions, talent versus intelligence. You know, Michigan. Talent
0: versus temperament, yeah. Michigan, number one scoring defense in the country, second in total defense, second in turnover margin. So they got to force Milrow to throw those passes I was talking about where against Georgia he threw two to three that were sketchy that he got bailed out by the receiver. So Michigan has to take advantage of those plays and make the play. And then my other question that I have if why I'm picking Alabama is I just don't know if Michigan's receivers can create the separation necessary to give J.J. McCarthy the windows to throw into.
1: And we don't don't have a lot of evidence of him throwing into great windows. We don't have, like we talked about in our pre-meeting, well, you said Harbaugh compared him to –
0: um, he said no. Harbaugh said that he's going to be a generational talent. Generational America. talent. And um, sporting news. Was, sporty news. You have any
1: Andrew Luck? Do, do we have any evidence of him making generational throws?
0: No. Um, sporting news compared him to Andrew Luck. Uh, Mark Miller. Ohio of State
1: just fumbled the ball. We'll yep. see what
0: it. Mark Miller of ESPN compared him and said he's a more athletic Kirk Cousins. So, you know. I don't know. Neither here nor there.
1: Shout out to Kirk Cousins. I'm picking Alabama.
0: I'm picking Alabama. I'll be cheering for Michigan because that was my preseason pick. So I'm willing to be wrong here if my preseason pick could be right. You know, but then you go to the Sugar Bowl, Washington, Texas, the team that everybody's been doubting all year long. Two five told every no, Washington. Two five told everybody Washington was going to the playoff. 2 5 told everybody Washington was going to beat Oregon twice. Even when Oregon was favored by nine and a half.
1: But did you have Oregon beating Washington in the your championship game and crossing up some KO? No,
0: I had no I had Washington losing to Oregon State during the regular season.
1: And then coming but back. But then Washington
0: then, coming back and winning in the Pac 12 title game. So I had them playing the wrong Oregon school twice in the Big Ten I mean Pac 12 title Pac-12. game. But, you know, but yeah, but when, it, but when it happened in real life, Rest you know, I picked well. Washington both times, even when Oregon was a nine and a half point favorite, because there's a problem. People view Washington as what they think Washington is. So you remember I kept saying over the course of the season, yes, Georgia is the two time defending national champion, but those dudes ain't here no more. Those dudes are gone. They all so, play for the Eagles. Yeah. Right. So people look at Washington and they see finesse, Pac 12 team that wants to throw the ball 60 times.
1: To see Jake Locker.
0: Right. She Can't Nick, be physical. Dick Browning. Right. Can't be physical. Can't do all. Washington is a very physical team. They are probably. Oregon is probably the most physical team. Utah is probably the next physical team in the Pac-12. Then it's Washington. And yeah, Washington beat like both. Of Utah them.
1: has like grown men. Utah, right. Utah gets a lot of like I said. We talk about the Polynesians, and I hope people start kind of paying attention to this this crop of players that's coming out of the West between Hawaii, uh, and then you know a lot of the pack, former Pac-12 schools coming through. A lot of Roman Reigns guys, a lot <laughs> of guys that look like Roman Reigns that can just run. Think about this Roman Reigns played defensive tackle in college. And you look at him now, he's jumping off the top rope, off the ladders, and everything else. Like, that's the same dude. Yeah. The athleticism is ridiculous. I talk about the, the time I was at Denny's. I was behind a dude. He had to be, I am not exaggerating, he had to be six foot seven, 450 pounds. He was walking straight up like a statue. I looked at this dude. He had he had a hair. Like, a, I had a friend of mine told me, he's like, it's called the Booyah, where they're having a, that little nice, tight little bun at the top. Yeah. I looked at this dude. I'm like, it's probably one of the biggest humans I've ever seen up close. You would think it would, like, be hurting him. Nah, he was straight. Washington, Oregon, Utah, even Utah State, BYU, a lot of these guys, they have players like that. So Utah has a lot of physical players. Cause they get like grown men. They get men who are like out of Juco or they are post missions. They did their mission when they were like 19 came back to like 21. So the physicality from the pac 12, it just doesn't always translate because you don't have the arm talent at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Washington has the arm talent and he's left-handed. So I think it's kind of throwing people off. Cause I think Tua might be the only left-handed starter in the NFL. Whereas it used to be a lot of left-handed guys, Steve Young, Michael Vick, so forth and so on. But I, you know, with Penix just kind of you marry that athleticism from the quarterback position and the physicality with the players you get from out West. Cause you got to keep in mind, down South has so many football schools, Texas to Florida. If you take a map, you go Texas and you go all the way to Virginia. You take that, southern that southeastern part of the united states it's so many football schools you go west of texas if you had a name off the name up top of your head mike you've been in new mexico there's probably a couple of colleges that have d1 football programs
0: they have two
1: you got arizona arizona state out of arizona the state of arizona mm-hmm. that on the prime stage you got byu utah out of mm-hmm. the state of utah, utah state Utah State, so that's three realistically. Then you got Colorado, Colorado State,
0: Air Force,
1: Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> then you go Idaho. You Idaho. got Boise,
0: Boise State. That's it. Idaho. No, Idaho, no, Idaho. It no, Idaho dropped. They dropped uh, to FCS.
1: So you got Boise State, Washington State, Washington. Washington.
0: Uh huh. That's it.
1: Oregon, Oregon State. That's it and even california has cal stanford usc ucla
0: they got some groups you know they got fresno, fresno state, san jose state san, san, san diego state, state. state.
1: san diego state but that's a huge state there was still only right. like about seven yeah so if you think about all the other schools that are east of that they take it's, it's such a divide for the talent well
0: shit look Our at West- uh, look at look at virginia you know james madison odu liberty virginia virginia tech
1: you know, I mean? like yeah, they that's five. just one state. And hey, you gotta yeah. keep in
0: mind there are people
1: from Virginia Beach that are going to South Carolina. You look at South Carolina, you look at uh you look at Maryland, even Maryland does it's a small
0: state. They have
1: multiple They've divisions. they got Maryland multiple and divisions. Navy, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just when you when you have teams like that in the Pac twelve, I think we just don't feel as if There's real football talent out there. And we don't have an attack. But but they get all of the top talent. BYU and Utah get all of the top talent out of Utah for the most part.
0: So this game is a 2 5 special. It's got all the storylines I like. You got Sark going up against his former team, you know, that he had to step down and all that stuff because Mm -hmm. of the, you know, issues that he was having. You know, that's where he
1: demons. Yeah.
0: That's where he got the nickname Seven Win Sark you know, because he's only won more than seven games, four out of his 10 coaching seasons. You know, uh, then you have a rematch from last year's Alamo Bowl where Washington beat Texas 27 to 20. Quinn Ewers outplayed Michael Penix through for 369 yards. Penix threw 54 passes only for 287. Uh, they But they did outrush Texas 158 to 51 in that game, you know, which brings back the point about being physical. You know, uh, their head coach, De DeBoer, you know, one in one o three and eleven as a head coach in his career, one o three and eleven, and That's that counts, talented. and that counts being twelve and six at Fresno State. So he's something like twenty four and two at Washington. You know, um, Ryan Grubb is just as good of a play caller as Sarkis. You know, um, he was in line for some head coaching jobs. Rumored to UCLA if Chip Kelly would have been let go. Missouri's taking a knee right now. Cotton Bowl, you know, is over 14 to 3. Missouri, Eli Drinkowicz gets the job done. But uh people been sleeping on Washington since day one because Washington didn't look the part. You know, they struggled with Arizona State, they struggled with Stanford. And from that point, people were just waiting. Oh, Utah's gonna get them. Oh, Oregon state's going to get them. Oh, Oregon's going to get them. Again. And it just never happened, you know? So they've been battle tested and this isn't your like Michigan, for example, Michigan was undefeated and Ohio state was really the only game. Well, Maryland, they, they played a stinker against Maryland, but, 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 like, but I
1: said, like we said, with Michigan, or the only game they care about is that game,
0: right? To their where... talent
1: level, their talent level in the big 10 is head and shoulders above everybody else. So you Except shouldn't lose to anybody yeah. else.
0: And, yeah, you shouldn't
1: lose to anybody else.
0: And and so, so Washington, you know, they've been battle tested in a way that Michigan hasn't been. You know, but uh what's your thoughts on this game?
1: I'm torn because I think each team I don't think it's a situation where we had TCU, TCU Michigan last year felt as if Michigan had way more talent than TCU, and TCU's kind of like snuck in. This same TCO scenario last year, playing out this year, they wouldn't have been in. But it's just a matter of wins. And I'm Law glad is. you said
0: that because people are treating Washington like TCU. TCU kind
1: of backdoored their way in just through we got to put somebody in situation. Right. They could have put Bama in, and I think at Maybe this year they decided to avoid the most deserving. Because I heard that phrase a lot. I heard that vernacular a lot. The most deserving. It's not about the most deserving teams because last year TCU considered people considered them the most deserving. Right. But then they went out and gave up a hundred and something points in two games. Right. Granted, one was a win, one was a loss. Uh I like Texas. I like the pedigree. I like the fact that they're on a bounce back run. I like Quinn. I think he he really made I think he made his team believe in him because when he went to Ohio State out of high school, I remember thinking, dog, you should just gone to your prom. You should have gone to your prom and gone to Texas. Like, there's no need for you to enroll in Ohio State when they had. I think Justin Fields might have still been on <coughs> Either it was like Justin Fields leaving, but they had C.J. Stroud and they had some other guys that were going to take reps away. And it was like, you should just gone to your prom and rolled in Texas and been good to go starting June versus spring in Ohio State. And then the first couple, it looked like it looked like he should have just not gone to Ohio State. It looked like he should have just grinded with Texas. And I think the past couple of years he did that. Came back in better shape, lighter haircut, better health, got the weight down. And I think people are just kind of, riled, you know, rallying around them. But what Washington did, they took the muscle they had on the field and they just grabbed themselves a playmaker in Penix, Heisman Trophy finalists. <clears throat> I think that's the difference. I think that playmaking ability from the quarterback position is the difference. I love Quinn. I love what he does, but I'm going to ride with the, on the left shoulder of Penix, even though I was born in Texas, wow. I spent a lot of time in Texas two tech schools. I've plenty of years in Texas. I love I love Whataburger. Shout out to Whataburger, Mushroom Swiss Burger at 2 a.m. I don't think you can find a better burger on earth than the Mushroom Swiss Burger from Whataburger at 2 a.m. in Texas. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: I've eaten a lot of burgers. I've had some grass fed burgers in San Jose. Shout out to Whataburger. Shout out to Whataburger. on Tuesday. (laughs) But I'm going to rather watch things because I think that I won't say team of destiny. I just feel like you're striking while the iron is hot.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: Right now it's hot. They have the guy. And it's not like Troy Smith when Ohio State um played Florida and he was doing press junket after press junket after press junket and came into the national championship game against Florida a little overweight. Penis has been done with depression for like a couple of weeks.
0: But well, see, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, back in the
1: day, they were like, they ride those guys all the way up until the end, though. So he came in the game a little off, but.
0: Yeah, so this game, simple for me. I'm shocked because I'm taking Washington as well. But um, I think the key is can Tavandre sweat? and Byron Murphy get pressure on Penix, enough pressure, because because pre- Penix will get it out of there quick. You know, and yeah. he's got Roma Dunze, he's got McMillan, he's got Polk, he's got places to go with the football to match Quinn Ewers throwing it to A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. You know, um, this is the game, I think, where the Jonathan Brooks injury is going to come back to bite Texas. Um, I think Washington will be able to run the ball. I'm not sure Texas will be able to. Texas's weakness on defense is that secondary. So that's why it's, you know, imperative. He
1: in, in the OU game when he yeah, was that's, barking on his boy for like, listen, we passed that off. Right. That's the play. You passed right. it off.
0: That's why it's there. imperative that Tavondre Sweat, Big 12 Player of the, defensive player of the year, it's imperative that he gets the Penix. You know, Dylan Johnson coming into the season, people talked about how, you know, Washington's run game was going to be a question. He had one running game, and then you know what happened? He went to the L.A. Coliseum, and USC's defense gave him all the confidence that he needed for the rest of the season. He ran for 240 against them and some change. In in the last five games of the season, including the rematch against Oregon, he's averaging 136.6 yards per game, 5.8 yards per carry. Um, 252 yards total in two games against Oregon this year.
1: You said 5.8 yards a carry? Yes. So that's a first down every two handoffs.
0: Correct. You know, uh, this is the key.
1: You can control the game. If you you can keep 5.8, you can control the game with that.
0: For me, I always try to find at least one stat that I feel will tell the story. This is my stat. On 55 red zone trips this season, Texas has only scored a touchdown on 49% of them. So they need sixes, not threes, to win this game. And I just don't know if they're equipped to get it. Because you could say, at times, you know, you could say, like, hey, they were playing against a good defense or somebody stopped. But to be 49% with all the talent that you have, there's something scheme-wise or something that just isn't. Red zone, you haven't figured out maybe how to it's a situation
1: where it's like if it's not there,
0: throw the ball away,
1: throw it away, we'll take the field goal and we'll play good defense. Yeah, but they
0: can't do that this time.
1: We They're, talked were- about that, we talked about that before. Like, I and I used the rice game as a prime example. They were rotating like 22 players in on defense, right? They were rotating a full defensive front, and right, because of the heat and rice, had to have rice couldn't match it. Like Rice couldn't bring in five fresh offensive linemen, right, to match the seven fresh defensive players that Texas was rolling in. So it does. So it might have been a situation where schematically it was like, let's let's always put points on the board, right? But that could put you in a situation where you're down four, nine minutes left in the third, twenty to you're down twenty-four twenty. Fourth and six from the, you know, the eight, and you get three yards. Do you just automatically say we'll just take the points, or is it the lack of touchdowns in the red zone throughout the season make you say we gotta take the three? Because taking the three is not a bad deal, but it's like if you think about like, man, we've never been in a situation where we went for it. Not never, but, like, we haven't been in a situation where we've well, gone Sark doesn't strike me three from the fourth and three from the five that often or fourth and three from the eight. We got to get to the five that often to the point where do you just take the three points because that's what you've been doing all year. Because that 49% with that talent, that tells me that you weren't trying well, to fit Sark, in.
0: Sark doesn't strike me as the Dan Lanning type because when Dan Lanning played against Washington – he just kept gambling on fourth down. He was doing the Brandon Staley thing, you know, and it came back to bite him because the last one that they didn't get, Penix went two plays, 47 yards for the game winning score. So, you know, um, if you're going to play that game, you got to do that when you're in the red zone. You can't do that at midfield. Yeah, but what I'm
1: saying is the fact that if you've never done it in the red zone all year.
0: You can't do it now.
1: How do you – because 24-20, nine up in the 3rd do we do we go for this fourth and three from the eight? Right. Or do we just kick this field goal like we've been doing all year?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: so the fastest so thing is like, these guys watch film and I'm pretty sure one coach will take one thing, they'll take another thing that analyzes it, somebody overanalyze it, somebody analytically analyzes it, and then they'll come up with a plan. But when you come down to it, it's like, when you look into the eyes of your quarterback and you're like, listen, it's 4th and 2. You want to run this read option and keep it?
0: Well, I think at this point, um, you, you you know, Washington is still being doubted because, you know, the public talk is Alabama-Texas rematch. So, you know, we'll see. Both of us got Bama. Both of us got Washington. We'll see what happens. You know, I'm ready for Monday. But tomorrow, we got the slaughter down in Miami. You know, Florida State down something near 40 players, you know. So, like, really, they got the replacement players, you know, playing against the two-time defending national champion. Yeah, Keanu
1: Reeves out there. You know,
0: and there was some there was some talk whether Brock Bowers was going to play or not uh, because he's injured, but he didn't practice today. So I don't know if that means he's going to play, but, you know, it's out there. So if Florida State – you know, can hold this game, I will say if they could keep it a 14-point game, lose by 14, I would be impressed. Um, The spread started out at 14. You know, uh, Jordan Travis, of course, injured. Is that
1: the 14 because the players weren't playing, or is that 14 off the rip?
0: It was 14 off the rip. You know, well, I think it was 14. If Jordan Travis was there, I think you're looking at six and a half or seven. You know, um, with the I think his absence brought a full touchdown. Is his leg
1: fully, like, is he completely incapable of playing? Yes. Is he, like, out?
0: Yeah, he might not play next year wherever he's going to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's not bad. Um, But we thought Tate Rottermaker was going to be back because he has some experience. But then this week he decided to go to the transfer portal. So we're back to Brock Glenn, the freshman that started the ACC title game. So now, if you haven't looked, Mr. Logical, the spread is a full dub. A full dub.
1: So, so what's a win? What's a win?
0: So, a win? 14
1: points is a win?
0: I think 14 18? points is a win slash, you know, because you obviously want Brock Glenn to look better than he did in the ACC championship game against Louisville. Uh, so if, if if Florida State, I would say, if he could go two touchdowns and a pick, Brock Glenn, two touchdowns and a pick, and Georgia could win, say, 31-17. to 17.
1: Did he throw a touchdown against Louisville, though?
0: I don't remember, to be honest with you. No, he did so. not. No, he did not. He did not.
1: I'm not now, seeing two touchdowns versus Georgia, then, you know, even with the gonna... players is not
0: playing. Well, the fact it's...
1: that there's, like, 30 to 40 players that aren't playing – I mean, the good news the back is know, quarterback is your third string. So you get this true freshman quarterback, makes it with his second start.
0: Yeah. And, you know, so, so like this reminds me of, I want to say it was 2002. This reminds me of the sugar bowl, Florida state against Georgia. You know who played quarterback that game? What game was that? It was Georgia, Florida State, 2002, in the Sugar Bowl. Daddy. I want to say it was 2002. I might be <laughs> off. No, it was Anquan Bolden playing quarterback for Florida State because of injuries. <laughs> so it just—it must be something about Georgia that just brings out the worst in Florida State's roster, you know, and in, in injury luck, I guess. But I believe the final score of that game was something along the lines of 26 to 10. So um, if you could get something like that, um, I I think that's a win and you can live with that because – oh, it was 2003. So it was 2003, 26 to 13 was the final score. Um, I think that you're just going to have to live with it. You know, Uh, Antoine Bolden went 6 of 14, 78 yards and a touchdown.
1: What does the networks think of this? (laughs) So we got four – we got –
0: Five versus
1: six. What channel is it on? Is it ESPN?
0: It's on ABC, I believe. Let me double check that. ABC. Let me double check that. Like, what I am disappointed in is that the Orange Bowl is usually a night game, you know, so it's going to be weird seeing it at, like, 4 in the afternoon, but they have to play it at 4 in the afternoon because you got Lions and Cowboys later. So, you know, you got to get out NFL the NFL
1: has been taking the spotlight away from every other league yes. for the last two weeks. Matter of fact, last two weeks.
0: Yes, yeah, so
1: obviously. So ESPN, four o'clock game, 40. Probably one of the lower rated games.
0: Yeah. Uh the the the, the spread is a dub. The over under is 44 and a half. So you know. Hold on, timeout.
1: The over under is 44 and a half. Yes the spread is 20 yes so that has like 30, 30 35 40, to 14
0: 35 14 something along those lines but 30 uh, 14 34
1: 31 14 something like Georgia. that yeah
0: yeah something like that
1: um you got That's auburn seems like a reasonable over bet
0: you got auburn in maryland which will be a good game no uh no of Valoa in that game. You know, he's out. He's not playing. Uh, is he but but he hurt. No, no, he just opted out. You know, I'm guessing he's going to probably try to go to the NFL or something. But the game that I'm looking forward to tomorrow at noon Eastern, let me get my channel here, noon Eastern on ESPN. So preceding the Orange Bowl, we have the game. You remember how I said Michigan and Alabama were even? Correct. This, this game is a mirror game. wisconsin 0 you? No, no, that's Monday. Uh, you oh. got Penn State and Ole Miss. Because, oh. because coming into this game, Penn State's only losses, Michigan-Ohio State. Ole Miss's only losses, Alabama-Georgia. You know, Lane Kiffin, James Franklin, both criticized because they can't win the big game.
1: Two coaches that keep you relevant, keep people in the seats. Yeah. sometimes somebody I need. How I talked about Russell Wilson needing like that Obama angry translator. Yeah, some of these 80s and people who call the shots at these universities need a dude in their ear that says,
0: You're making me uncomfortable, hey man.
1: Hey, man, uh, this dude keeps winning nine and ten games.
0: You made my skin crawl asking me that question. We sell out.
1: We we sell out every home game. You
0: remember that? Uh, what's that? Yeah, you're making my skin skin crawl just by asking me that question. Like, I don't understand what you're saying.
1: I just remember when uh, Michael Keegan <laughs> feel like when he uh, Michael Keegan Key, Key, whatever. When he actually went to like the Correspondence Dinner and he did it for Obama.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he
1: was behind him. It was like sometimes you need that, and I think a lot of these, a lot of these universities. Old Miss Penn State, you just need to be thankful that you are prominent and relevant. 10 and 2 is a great year
0: yeah. in any sport. Are. Yeah.
1: If you played 10 or 12 basketball games, or baseball games, of football games, going 10, that's a pretty solid year. So they need somebody that says, listen, man. We good with this. We sell out 110,000 seats a week. We sell out the white game with all the white T-shirts. We tailgate. We're selling out parking passes. We're making plenty of money. Now you guys go out there and put on a good show. Because as of right now, the SEC just beat the Big Ten. Missouri just beat Ohio State. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: now Penn State got to go out there and put in an Ole Miss But I love Lane Kiffin. He's just cocky. Just riding around with his recruits in a Bentley. That's how you got Jackson Dart. Yeah, we're going to ride around this Bentley. You can post it on your Instagram. I'm going to drive you around. Jackson Dart's from Utah. Yep. Getting a dude from the state of Utah to move to Mississippi. There's a lot of dudes from Mississippi that move to Utah, but they're not uh, blonde haired blue-eyed dudes from Mississippi. Moody is right. a lot of a lot of Negroes moving hey, from Mississippi but, but to Utah. Of,
0: but speaking of Lane Kiffin, he's doing it up. You know, Ole Miss, you know, has the number one transfer portal class coming in to include Walter Nolan, you know, star defensive tackle from uh AM, you know, part of that Jimbo class. You know, uh, so Ole Miss is going to put the SEC West. Well, there is no SEC West anymore. Ole Miss is going to put the SEC on notice next year. But uh, real quick, what do you think the spread in this game is? Live from the compressor.
1: I got Ole Miss favored
0: by eight and a half. How about Penn State by four and a half? Cap. You know, say over, under 50 and a half. 50 and a half. um, 50
1: and a half. So you got them winning 30. 28.
0: 24. I just don't know what to expect from Penn State because they fired their offensive coordinator so I don't know what kind of Penn State we're going to see tomorrow so you know um, I'm not even going to make a pick on that game I'm just taking the over you know, I just like that And on, on, over. yeah and on that note we're going to move on you know what I'm saying so the NFL Saturday night we talked about it Dallas and Detroit we'll get to that in a second but let's real quick run down the clinching scenarios so we're gonna take it from AFC to NFC. Okay, you got All it. Right. Go. Baltimore, with a win against Miami this weekend, clinches a, a home field advantage, and they clinch the AFC North. Miami, with a win, just puts themselves in position to possibly get the one seed with a win next week. Correct. Cleveland clinched the playoffs with a birth. Uh, they would a win. Against guess the Jets last night, you know, prayers out to Elijah Moore. Hopefully he's doing all right. Uh, Buffalo is in with a win. And this is where it gets weird. So I'm going to try to say this as fast as I can. So a win and a Pittsburgh loss or tie and a Cincinnati loss or tie or a Pittsburgh loss or tie and a Jacksonville loss or tie. And the other one I'm not even going to read because it's just – it's like, like 12 different scenarios. I'm not going through it all. You know, Jacksonville uh, clinches the South. If they beat Carolina and Indianapolis and Houston both lose this weekend. So Indianapolis got the Raiders. Houston's got Tennessee. So if both of them lose, there you go. Kansas City okay. clinches the AFC West with a win. And a playoff berth, which they have not done yet. To my surprise, people Uh, keep
1: talking about how bad the NFC South is. The uh, the NFC West West
0: ain't that much better.
1: Yeah, not that much better at all. Kansas City hasn't looked good at all. They're going to clinch.
0: Yeah, or uh, if Kansas City wins or 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 tie, you know, of course they could clinch with a Raiders and Denver loss as well. Uh, let's see what we got here. Miami, you know, in addition to the plan for home field, they'll clinch the AFC East with a win. If they lose to Baltimore, Buffalo beats New England. We set up an AFC East title game next week between Buffalo and Miami.
1: Yeah, they now. They that's why the NFL has the last week of the season. They're all division opponents. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think the NFL—they are masters of the dramatic. Hence, why people think it's scripted because it's—it's so—it's so well thought out that it feels scripted because they just set it up to where this is how it plays out. Right. It's like the dude that hangs out by the bathroom and you want to watch. Yo, how's my boy <laughs> always meet so many girls? I'm like, yo, because he positioned himself by the bathroom.
0: Right. It's right.
1: not loud. You can smell his cologne. And he knows everyone has to come to the bathroom, leave the bathroom. And it's like, man, how are right. you doing? It's like, I just set it up that way. And the NFL does the same thing. They set up the Thursday night games that way. They flex Monday night games now. They flex Sunday night games. They just make it work to the they point where they flex it's like,
0: Thursday night games. <laughs> yo,
1: think about look. Did you see the excitement last, last night in Cleveland, though? Yeah. You see know, a dude with no shirt on and a helmet? Because yeah. it's a lot of those. There was so many of those. Like I'm not going outside with my shirt. like I'm a I'm a I'm a big dude. I'm pretty mm-hmm. insulated. But I'm not still going outside with a Falcons helmet on right, with the roof right. open in the Mercedes Benz Stadium because they won the playoffs or ended right. the playoffs. But
0: you know, so there's a team that got screwed by the Baltimore Ravens last week. And it wasn't the San Francisco 49ers. It was the Rams. (laughs) Because next week, San Francisco is going to have something to play for potentially when they wouldn't have if they would have won that game. So in the NFC, you know, Detroit has clinched the North. They're still alive for the number one seed, obviously. White and new caps. Yeah, you know, so so, some things would have to happen. The 49ers are your NFC West champion. Philadelphia clinches the NFC East this week with a win and a Dallas loss or tie, or if they tie and Dallas loses. Uh, The Rams clinch a playoff berth if they win and Seattle loses or if they win and Green Bay and Minnesota tie. So the Rams will get in under that condition. Okay, uh, Philly, so I got
1: the, I got the Rams in, in that scenario.
0: Yeah, so the Philly, So I said Philly clinches the NFC East with a win and a Dallas loss or a tie in a Dallas loss. San Francisco can clinch the number one seed Ooh. if Detroit and Philly lose. So Detroit and Philadelphia would have to lose.
1: Yeah, I don't have that a scenario planned. So that's out.
0: why I said next week. The Rams are screwed because the 49ers have something to play for, so they might as well just beat the Giants this week so they can, you know. you know, Seattle can make the playoffs this week with a win and a Green Bay-Minnesota tie. And then Tampa can clinch the South with a win or a tie and an Atlanta loss. So there you go. So those are your scenarios for this week. So, let's get to it. Detroit, Dallas, what's the keys, who you got? And it's at Dallas, by the way.
1: It's at Dallas. Dallas has been playing great at home, obviously, undefeated. Detroit just clinched the North. That in of itself is a victory because they haven't done it since, like I said, since you and I were 12 years old. And I think Dallas needs a bounce-back game. Coming home is your bounce back game. Right. Um, I saw like a little side by side comparison of Dak versus Labar Jackson, the stats. Granted, there's no context. But a lot of his numbers are at home. He's a top two quarterback at home. He's eight to twelve on the road, which bounces out, gets him around five when you put all the numbers together, which is where like he ends up because You know, like, his home record is so extraordinary. I'm taking Dallas over Detroit. I think last week, the loss being a tough loss. You know, like I said, a penalty here, a penalty there, a hold here, a hold there. First down conversion, you know, know, third down conversion here, you know, is good to go.
0: Yeah, so I'm taking Dallas as well. A couple things here. You know, I talked about Nick Mullins last week. He threw for 411 yards against Detroit. He also threw four interceptions against Detroit. So you got your Jekyll Hyde feature of the Detroit defense. The defense has been sketchy. Stop throwing the ball. If you you throw
1: three interceptions, start running the ball.
0: Well, and then something that Mr. Logical said earlier about Michigan, where he said if they have some kind of attrition, you know, who are they bringing in versus Bama being able to replace with four four and five stars, that's the same thing with Detroit. You know, their starters on defense, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, Brian Branch, they got players, but the problem is is that I think they get tired because they don't have depth, you know, and that's going to hurt them against Dallas. There were rumors that C.J. Gardner-Johnson could come back this week. I don't think it's likely. You know, so he'll probably be back next week, but yeah, uh, but yeah, so I think that Dallas is going to win this game. I don't think they're going to win by the 24 points that they normally win at home by, but you know, just win by one. That's all you got to do. All right, then we go to my hometown MVP leader, Lamar Jackson. Welcome him in. Number one, passing yards in the NFL, to of Viola. No Jaden Waddle this week. So, Kyle Hamilton's not practicing, but I expect him to play. Zay Flowers isn't practicing. Not sure if he's going to play. All right, what's the word, Mr. Logical?
1: I mean, man, the way I saw Baltimore play last week against San Francisco, because every other team in the NFL – has their good weeks or bad weeks. You looked up Baltimore's record, like, ah, they're playing good. Like I said, they had the they needed a punt return. My argument, listen, as the facts change, so does my opinion. I think one of the most wonderful things about me (laughs) is like I literally welcome in an opportunity for some other information to come in that makes me wrong so I can learn from this new information coming in. I think it's a remarkable thing I think it's like, oh, I had this whole opinion set up and then I turned out to be wrong. Like I talked about Baltimore be nine and five. If it wasn't for the Zay Flowers jet sweep pass or the, uh, the punt return touchdown against the Rams. That was my argument last week. And then I watched Baltimore go out there and play 14 and 11 because that's what it looked like.
0: Yeah, they went boom-shaka-laka.
1: It, it just looked like there were just hands in every passing lane from the screens. They they got interceptions on screens. They got interceptions on crossing routes. They got interceptions on deep-seam routes. They got interceptions on post routes. They were literally everywhere. They were harassing Brock Purdy. And I've watched a lot of San Francisco games. I haven't seen Purdy look... Without getting hit, it wasn't like he was getting hit. in the balls, mm-hmm. he just was. They were just there. They had a like Stevens is a corner deflecting a pass. You had another deep safety deflecting the pass. Cal Hamilton had taken it hits. off. Cal Hamilton, who was been regarded the last couple of years as a guy who couldn't cover, but yet Baltimore has found a way to make him into a star. Granny young, a star at that position. So it's like Baltimore just was so overwhelming that I don't see how Tua, who plays so much off of timing, if you watch Miami games, shout out to Chris. I know he's gonna feel like, oh, I can't believe I'm listening to this. When Tua <laughs> hits that back foot. Oh, he Tua definitely ain't gonna, gonna
0: want to hear me talk in a second. <laughs> when Tua hits
1: that back at back left foot, and the route is This is the first read. This is two. This is three. Tua hits that first one quickly. Baltimore is so overwhelming. I don't know if he has confidence to hit that first
0: one. So here's a question. I know this is probably. Go ahead. I got to
1: grab.
0: I know this is something that, you know, you probably hear more so in college sports, you know, when you talk about big wins and all this kind of stuff, but I would have to think that for Baltimore, there's some kind of hangover effect. You know, it was the Sunday night game, you know, West Coast, got to come back cross country and then play another high-powered offense. You know, so I, I would imagine that there's some kind of potential of a hangover factor that could get Baltimore off to a slow start. And... Put them in a hole. What do you think you about? Says slow start. Yeah, like 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 a hangover effect coming from the West Coast Sunday night game, big win against who people thought was the best team in the NFL.
1: I would think that if they're if what they did was based off of timing and not just brute force. Okay. They okay. run the ball that like they they just a, they're a power offensive team, and then they overwhelm you defensively. So I just feel like. When in doubt, I think Baltimore could come out in the first two drives offensively, the first defensive drive that they're on the field, the first offensive time they're on the field, and just overwhelm you with power and get into the flow of the game, blitzing, mm-hmm. muscling up, jamming your guys up, especially because Tua isn't. I'm not, I'm, I'm, because I'm not an expert. But I remember watching the Chiefs game, the, the Miami and Chiefs game in Frankfurt. When that first read was there and Waddle was open, probably like late in the first half, like that last drive, the drive before Tyreek fumbled. Uh-huh. I remember watching that drive and two was just on point, 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 point. Tyreek fumbled, they stripped the ball out of his hand. Kansas City recovered it, goes in for the touchdown. I uh, think they went in a halftime, down 21-0. Mm-hmm. There were drives when he came on the second half where it wasn't there, and they the up punting. Kansas City did nothing to offensively in the second half, but then it was like one or two drives when they scored their touchdowns where two would hit that back foot, let it go, let it go, let it go. First down, first down, first down, touchdown. I think Baltimore will put you in a position where they make sure you don't get that comfortable.
0: See, I think that you ever heard those stories? Like you're just talking to one of your female friends and they are talking about like, yeah, I don't know. Like I thought he liked me, but he never made a move. You know, I tried to give him the signals, you know, like he just didn't do anything. So yeah. I think Baltimore was talking to Miami last week against San Francisco.
1: As far as like, don't come out here, we just.
0: No, because, you know, Mike McDaniel is a Shanahan dude, you know, came up with Shanahan under Shanahan. And I think Baltimore was giving Miami a signal of this could be you. (laughs) But then, but then when they come out on Sunday, it's a whole okey doke and whatever Miami's expecting they're going to get something different.
1: Based on what I saw Baltimore put on San Francisco, I can foresee a very similar result. 28-17, 28-13. Yeah, I got something to where yeah. something where you're just looking at you're looking at the game and Baltimore could be up 7-0 and Miami gets the ball back. And you don't think that Miami is going to get? Yeah, I think I think
0: Miami fans after Sunday, like Chris is just going to give us a middle finger. I think Chris the rest gave of me a
1: whole soliloquy. He texted me earlier. I, I was <laughs> reading it, but I was, I was, I was sending other messages between you and him. So when I saw that, I didn't really get to, like the it and I had to leave. But he feels <laughs> like Miami can win, and I think he said something. Matter of fact,
0: I think I'm gonna can. shout him out. Real I just quick. don't think they will. He,
1: he, but the thing is, he said, "Hear me out." <laughs> <laughs> you know? there you go he was like i'm gonna say it i think miami wins i'm not trying to be a homer pick that's what it was it was like that was like that's a pseudo hear me out a lot of media on a recent bias kick i'm picking baltimore but forget both these teams will play sunday for the fourth time in five seasons a lot of players on both sides are familiar with each other uh-huh, uh-huh. not to uh-huh. mention Calgary. was me about but we'll see
0: And I think that was in Baltimore too, the game last year.
1: Okay, I'm about to let them know. Like, well, well, this is my problem. This is
0: my problem with Miami.
1: I'm listening, I'm just texting Chris.
0: Yeah, this is my problem with Miami. They miss a lot of tackles. They miss a lot of tackles. And when you have a team like Baltimore, who isn't necessarily explosive in that way, you can't extend their plays by missing tackles. You know, when you get Gus Edwards. For a two-yard gain, you can't let that two become four. You know, you can't let Zay Flowers catch an eight-yard crossing route and turn that to 12. And I think that's where Miami gets in trouble because – Yeah, but uh, because th- as
1: pers- that happens to everyone. Uh, But the, the thing is that with the team Uh-oh. like Baltimore is that
0: – They made it do that.
1: They do – they do simple things to make you do that. They do simple, the zone rerun where you just misread it and like Namar is going up the, the sideline for 13 yards. Well, well,
0: remember out. last year, they played early last season. Uh, if I remember. That was a
1: crazy game. game. I think that was Baltimore a crazy was game. Up,
0: yeah. Up yeah. A Miami, of Miami outscored them 28 to three in the fourth quarter. You know. Uh, I, don't like
1: I don't like that number. Use a different number. <laughs>
0: The final score was 42 to 38. Uh we with that. Two through for 469 yards and six touchdowns.
1: That put him right in the MVP race.
0: He threw two interceptions as well. Lamar Jackson threw for 318, three touchdowns, ran for 119 and a touchdown. But he
1: ran for a long touchdown. Yeah. So 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 this is going to if be that a was good... in the heat. That was in the heat of Miami right, like, right. years. This this time of year now. I think it was in Baltimore,
0: it... actually. I think it was yeah, it was in Baltimore.
1: Was it in Baltimore? But it was definitely. It was hot. Yeah. Maryland is hot. That's, that that yeah. humidity is different. People yeah. think like Miami. Miami humidity obviously is different. Jersey humidity is ridiculous. No Maryland that Maryland, Maryland. that Maryland Virginia humidity is just like Korea. It's like walk through a swimming pool. Yeah. And it was early in the year.
0: No, I now, think it's going to be a good game. I just don't I think Miami going to win. I don't.
1: I don't think so either. Yeah. Like I don't think without, without
0: world- waddle. Without waddle,
1: that means you gotta hit without waddle, you got to hit Tyreek. You got to hit Tyreek deep once. Like you got to hit him for one of those 40, 45 yard over the top routes at least once. And then he has to take Tyreek got to get you 160 yards receiving,
0: which he's capable of, you know. Uh, I I think that like, like like I said, I just think I just think Baltimore is going to win. I don't think that they're going to come out here and go thirty five to seven or something. I like that. think
1: it might be that, and that's the thing. I didn't think that last week. I really wholeheartedly felt like San Francisco was going to have a real well, shot I, to win. I think
0: that I think that after this game, like I was, like, like I was originally going to say I think yeah. after this game, Chris will just give us the middle fingers. I think the rest of Miami fans will just say, "I thought we were done with this fraud shit."
1: Nah, because I think even after that, they still got an AFC championship running them. They do. They got, they another, do. They got another shot. Like, it's not hey. a, like if it's a Buffalo game. Like, if it was Baltimore-Buffalo and then Baltimore made them 9-7. Hey, and seven, I'm telling
0: you right now. I'm telling you right now. Miami want to put nothing, still has Chris, a run. Chris, I'm not trying to put nothing out into the universe. But if Miami but, but, loses this game but, this weekend.
1: Buffalo could win your division.
0: Yes. And, I mean... Think about that, like Buffalo coming in there. I mean, granted, it's at Miami. It's the Buff- head up,
1: head up game, right? Buffalo yeah. beat them already,
0: right? By twenty. The Buffalo but, wins
1: because I got Buffalo beat New England this week. It's but, but, but just
0: game. imagine, but just imagine Buffalo's mindset of three, four weeks ago.
1: Keep going. I got to grab a water. Three,
0: four weeks ago, they left us for dead, and here we are now with a chance to win this division. I don't think Miami wants that, you know. So the best way to avoid that is to beat Baltimore. You know, with like I said the other day, I felt Tua left two or three touchdowns on the field against Dallas last week where he had Tyreek, but Parsons was getting to him. You know, Dallas was getting pressures on him. And he just went either the wrong place with the ball. He underthrew it. He overthrew it. He's going to Baltimore. Like Baltimore's just different at home. I talked about this earlier this season before the Rams game, you know, where, you know, you remember what Baltimore did to Detroit and Baltimore. We've seen this movie before. You know, I think Miami has the firepower to keep it a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I do think Baltimore may start out a little sluggish based on what I was saying earlier about coming from the West Coast Sunday night game. You know, intense, like, you don't normally play San Francisco and Miami back-to-back, you know, so be, having to get to the level that Baltimore has to get to to play those teams back-to-back is a tall task, especially if Zay Flowers doesn't play or he's hindered a little bit, especially if Kyle Hamilton is hindered a little bit. So I think Miami keeps it close, but that's about all I got. Uh, I got Miami
1: but- losing by two possessions.
0: All right. Then, you know, up in Orchard Park, you know, might as well talk about the Bills. I got the Bills beating Bill.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, I just think that, you know, Bailey Zappi had his fun in the sun. Shout, you know. out, to, shout
1: out to West Kentucky University. Yes, sir. Go, Go Toppers.
0: Toppers. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Like, we, you know, he had his moment against a team that is obviously checked out. You know, and I don't think they're checked that. I I think it's just a matter of like
1: there's only so much you can do.
0: Well no, like like Courtland Sutton went out early last week, you know, with the head injury. So we don't even know if he's playing this week, but he went out early with the head injury. And then you know about New England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about New England, you know. Okay. Um so so you know, Courtland Sutton went out early, you know, so Denver lost their best receiver, their their weapon. And then New England just I mean, the game—the game was won with the kickoff fumble. That's where New England won the game because Denver had just scored. They had momentum. They were coming back. Fumble to kickoff. New England picks it up, runs it in, and you know. Yeah,
1: was- but well, with less than two minutes left, Denver had the ball back, and uh, <laughs> the ineptitude of Sean Payton.
0: Well, I think that's just how bad New England is.
1: <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Like, Denver had the ball with a chance to win. I just think right. that – I believe they called a screen pass on first down that either went for a loss of yards or didn't work out at all. I can't recall. I just remember thinking, like, you got the ball back. Because it was 20 – I think I was talking to you, and I was, like, kind of running around. I, was, I finally got settled into my house. And it was 23-7. to seven. And I was like, well, this game's over. Yeah, so I, was dri- I think I was driving. I was driving for a while. I was doing something. I was like on the road or whatever. So I'm like, let me take a quick shower. Took a shower, got out. The score was 23-15. Denver had the ball back. And I was like, I've only been in the shower a couple of minutes. Yeah. Combat shower style. Got out. Came back. Game's tied. Denver's getting the ball back. They got the ball back. All the momentum at home. My daughter's asking me why people don't have shirts on. I mean, like, like I know it's cold. It's Denver in December. I know it's cold. I was there uh, before, but I was like, okay, they're gonna make this run. And it didn't happen. And then I believe Bill was playing potentially for overtime. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know if he just saw something or he figured, I'm gonna run it down to where even if I punt it to them, It's not enough time, but that's when well, they got into a
0: third and two, they got into a third and two and Zappy just hit a good throw, you know, for about 15, 16 yards. But
1: but on second down, the play call was we taking this to overtime. Yeah. First and, first and second down looked like we taking this to overtime. And I mean, they, the field
0: goal was for 54 and it was a dude that had already missed the field goal and missed the extra point. So, you know, it wasn't a guarantee that getting into field goal these range. Kickers, these kickers are
1: pretty solid for 50 plus. I don't know what the numbers well, are, but I'm <laughs> just, just in general in the league, I'm imagining if I if we did the math, we could probably look it up, maybe have like some AI system look it up for us. But I believe these kickers are probably somewhere in the range of like 78 to 82% from 50 yards across the league.
0: Right, right,
1: right. They're probably right. – it's like back in the day where it was like nobody was making it from 50.
0: All right, so pop quiz time.
1: Let's let's, let's see. Who leads
0: the league in time of possession?
1: I mean, we talked about Buffalo New England, but you wouldn't give me that kind of easy layup.
0: No, I wouldn't give you that easy layup. (laughs) It's the next game that we're going to talk about.
1: (laughs) Time of possession. I'm going to take a... Philly?
0: It's the team that's going to beat your Falcons this weekend.
1: Chicago leads league in team time of possession? Yes. <clears throat> they probably you know. also lead in red zone turnovers too, right?
0: <laughs> probably. <laughs> I
1: imagine because they know. don't really win a lot of games, so they have the ball a lot, that means you either have to miss a lot of field goals, which doesn't really happen in the league, guys seem to be pretty accurate, or you turn the ball over in the red zone.
0: You know, I'm not even a Falcon fan, and they frustrate me because I feel like you know, whenever we make picks or whenever you make picks, there's always a team that you just can't figure out. That's Atlanta for me. I, like, when I pick them to win, they lose. I pick them to lose, they win. I just can't get it right. It's
1: like that when you walk to the casino and you see that wheel and you don't really know, like, what all the stuff on the wheel means on the table. You can bet on it and maybe hit something, but you right. don't know why. You don't know why right. you stand at this table. Like, that's right. the Falcons.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, so I got Chicago winning um, lots of Justin Fields up in their grill. You know, um, I think that Heineke, you know, will take the chances. We talked about it, that Ritter won't take, but I think that's going to get him in trouble this weekend.
1: I, I'm going to say reluctantly. I picked Indianapolis last week, and Atlanta finally won a game by more than two possessions. Yeah,
0: first time Uh, in the Arthur Smith era.
1: First time, keep keep that in mind.
0: Like maybe they, maybe they mean, got some they momentum. You
1: know, maybe they got some momentum. Maybe some momentum, or maybe Justin Fields would come down there and audition. I believe last year he it was one play where they dropped nine dudes in the coverage. Yes, because he Detroit. Was No, no, I'm talking about the Atlanta Chicago game. Oh, Not okay, last season, maybe two years ago, but he was running all over the place but he was cramping in between possessions. (laughs) So it was one possession. I think they might have had the ball at the 25. Like they were close to the red zone, 25 somewhere. And they dropped nine dudes in the coverage because for the previous two drives, two or three drives, Justin Fields was cramping up. So he couldn't run. So they just dropped nine dudes. Oh yeah, guys. I remember
0: that now. Yeah. Cause he just
1: was so either dehydrated, it was cramping up so bad that he couldn't even run. No, I was, was thinking like, about the one Fell side to side and he was like, like this dude's really hurt. I, no, I was thinking I, about, I about the one a play Chicago when, fan. No, I was thinking
0: about the one play when they were playing against Detroit and like everybody just paused and he like threw the ball away or something. Like I was thinking about that play. But uh yeah, I got it, I got Chicago. Um then I'm take
1: Atlanta just cause <laughs> I got I gotta come I gotta jump back on my squad.
0: Yeah. You know, then I got I got my confusing one of my confusing games of the week because this team just a few weeks ago got shut out at home. Then la- Yeah, or Las Vegas then or last Las week, Vegas. Then last week they won a game in Arrowhead without scoring an offensive touchdown. You know, Didn't so they can be the pass after the first quarter. Yep. Yeah. They they are on the road at Indianapolis who has a chance to make some noise in the AFC South, you know, because we don't know. Uh, or you actually – you told me before we went on, Trevor Lawrence is out this weekend. At least that's
1: – like you I said, it it could be different with, with – You know. It's Friday. Yeah. Well, now Saturday morning, midnight, after midnight. Yeah. It could be different.
0: So, so if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, Carolina can definitely win that game. And I if they Carolina. do – And if they do, I'm still going to pick Jacksonville. But if they do, the Colts have a chance with a win over the Raiders to take command of the AFC South going into the final week of the season. And I
1: picked the Colts. I think the Colts believe in Gardner Minshew. I think they believe in what they do. I just, I just feel like I don't think a lot of there's a few teams that really separated themselves as far as like this their their records. You got the Miami, you got Dallas, you got Philly, you got. Baltimore, and Baltimore definitely is crimson of the crim. Uh, Buffalo's moving away up there. You got a lot of teams that are 9, 10, now 11-win teams. But if you look around, if you look at each one of those teams, short of Baltimore, Baltimore's flaw might be their quarterback doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And that could maybe hinder them. Dallas is, they don't be good teams on the road. Miami's, they're at, what, 11 wins. They don't beat teams above 500. Right. Philly has been playing playing with fire for the last seven weeks. So it's not a lot of teams that are really stepping up saying, like, yo, we're the crims of the crim. I think Indy is one of those teams that just – they were just hanging around, hanging around, hanging around, and they're going to put a couple of wins together. They're going to win that division. Uh-huh. And now a team like Buffalo – Might have to come see them at Mm -hmm. the RCA Dome or Lucas Oil Field. I think. Yeah, Lucas Oil Field.
0: Yeah, Uh, Yeah. I would love to see the Raiders hire Antonio Pierce. You know, full term. But does that
1: happen though? Have we seen that recently? I don't. I don't think we. I don't think so. I don't
0: think so. But I would love it. Uh, You know, but the Raiders are four and three since he took over. You know, obviously, like I said, they're playing for their playoff lives as well. So
1: uh, they didn't get hired. Nah. <laughs> I want to I want hope for him. I just feel like. Yeah, I, I got the hope
0: for him. I just don't see it. I think next. Mark
1: Davis, one of those guys, is going to throw $130 million at Jim Harbaugh.
0: This, this next team, like I said, they got to get the win this week against the Giants, you know, because they got the 49ers possibly playing for something next week. So they slip up this game. They could find themselves out of the playoffs. The Los Angeles Rams.
1: I mean, I had him at four and thirteen. So the fact that even in the conversation in December is a is a testament to Sean McVay. Because Sean McVay, he wasn't quite on my Sean Payton, I don't like him level. Right, of, right. But he definitely was close to where it's like I felt as if when he was kind of threatening to retire and go to the booth right. for a year. I was like, come on, man, why are you doing that? But in hindsight, is like he probably was like, Yeah, well, I'm really, really good at this job. Right, and I don't think you're giving me the pieces or the power or the leverage or the you know security that I believe I, I deserve. Right, um, I got them beating the Giants. Just got them the Giants who were kind of in shambles. Yeah, Waller. People talked about that Waller play against Philly last week. I'm like, yo, a few plays earlier, he got rocked. He got rocked. Yeah, and they didn't take him out of the game. And I was talking. Who's that talking to? I can't really. I can't. I don't know if I was talking to myself. I, I can't remember who I was talking to. I thought i have been talking to Chris. I was talking to Chris. And I was like, they can't. The clock's running on a couple of those plays. So the referees and the neurosurgeons and all the people watching, if they stop the game while the clock is running, and the Giants will have timeouts just to walk Waller off the field. Right. And the Giants get to like regroup and get a good playoff, it would be pandemonium. But he definitely has something. He definitely was off the rock because he got hit on the sideline. It was an incomplete pass. He should have stayed down then. But then those other two completions. But yeah.
0: Yeah, we got I don't uh, help. Rams five and one in their, you know, game since the bye week, averaging uh 32.4, 438 or 433.8 yards per game in that stretch. Match time MVP. Their only loss was the game to Baltimore that we talk about with the punt return.
1: And they had 31 Uh, points.
0: Yep, Giants starting Tyrod Taylor this week. You know, the DeVito experiment is over. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, we got Tampa. I got Tampa over New Orleans. True. And if Atlanta does lose to Chicago, then Tampa is your Mm -hmm. NFC South champion. You know, so Saints and Falcons next week. You know, one of my favorite rivalries. So, but will
1: mean nothing.
0: So, so like it's so it will so over, mean
1: absolutely nothing.
0: So, over the last three games, Baker Mayfield eight touchdowns, no picks. Over the last three games, Derek Carr eight touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, if you told me that for Baker Mayfield, I would be like, I can see that. If you told me that about Derek Carr, I'd be like, for real, eight and two. Yeah, it just don't look like it when you watch the Saints play. It just doesn't look like that
1: because it's they don't. It's a matter of the belief. When the offensive lineman was yelling at him a couple of weeks ago, it was like just this culmination of. You can have a leadership style, and it might not be everybody's cup of tea, right? But you have to back it up. Like, if you have a demonstrative, just very in-your-face, abrupt leadership style, then you have to back it up with top-notch performance.
0: Yeah.
1: If you don't have top-notch performance, you bet not say anything to me about <laughs> me missing a block when Shahid is running that post wide open and you miss it. Or Kamara on a check down, you should have hit... Or you held the ball too long and scrambled. Now I got a holding call because you didn't you didn't hit the route that was open. Don't you look at me and start yelling? And I think that's what's happening there. Because like, listen, you didn't come up with these guys. You haven't yeah. been with them in the gym. Jameis Winston was the best option for New Orleans.
0: Correct. Correct. So uh, here's a stat for you. Funny stat. I just find it funny. That's all. Uh, you always talk about. Yeah, Desmond Ritter threw the 12 passes, but he only had like 50 yards or whatever it was.
1: Eight for 12, 73 yards. Yeah. He got benched. Alvin, yeah.
0: Alvin Kamara against Tampa the first time they played. 13 catches.
1: ninety. Like, wait, 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 wait. 13 catches. 29 yards.
0: 33 yards. Man, that was close. <laughs> I, didn't see that. I just was guessing.
1: Yeah, Based that's just,
0: just wild. It did as... 13, As, with
1: 13 catches, not 13 rushes, 13 catches.
0: Yes, I think I read that right. Let me let me, let me let me double check myself. I mean, you're me probably right. Myself.
1: I'm just like thinking about it, like in the context of
0: let me double check myself real quick. Even a little, even I little remember little I picked the section right that hit game eight too. yards,
1: a little running back option route,
0: uh, 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 hit the flat. Uh, that's eight yards. <laughs> No, it was 13 catches for 33 yards. That's he had what I'm a, saying. 11, like many... he, had, he had 11 carries for 51 yards. So he rushed he for should... more yards than he had. <laughs> yeah, he should so... just
1: kept his cleats and he should just stay on the sideline. You can do that.
0: So then, as the Washington turns
1: 28 touches for 83 yards, 84 <laughs> yards. Yeah.
0: As the Washington turns, only the commanders can bench their quarterback. Mm hmm. And then possibly have to play him because the backup has a sore hamstring. And oh, by the way,
1: (laughs) hold on. Yo, that's my (laughs) ugly laugh face.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they bitched. They had a sore hamstring. They bitched Howell. You know, he was 22, 56 yards. Jacoby Brissett came in, got the lead, lost on the last second field goal. They named Jacoby the starter for the 49er game this week. And then yesterday it came out that he had a sore hamstring and Sam Howell might start. So only Washington y'all. I'm
1: going to get my, get my, uh, what's the boy named Zach Wilson on.
0: But here's my question. We're not going to talk about this game because 49ers going to like, you know, that stone cold, Steve Austin would say, walk a mud hole and stop it dr- or stop a mud hole and walk it dry. Uh, so
1: had a beer. But here's I my question.
0: Here's my question. What's the point of bench, benching Sam Hall right now? Oh, because you're going to clean house. I know, but I mean, you lose it anyway. Like, just secure the draft pick. Because you think you can trade him. But Jacoby Brissett, you know, like, he almost pulled off that win last week. And then you got Dallas next week potentially sitting starters if Philly wins the division or whatever. Like, you know, like.
1: Yeah, I'm, but I'm, does that win count? Does that win tell you that that guy's your future?
0: No, player? but that's my point. You know, just get the draft pick because right now there's a log jam. You know, you got those Denvers and Vegas's and Sam Howell
1: like fit as a good backup with the Jets.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Move it no, on. Just, no, 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 <laughs> no.
1: not, not in the crazy way, but like if, if you're in if you're in management, you own a team, you're gonna clean house no matter what. The enemy's gone, Rivera's gone. Most of your star has gone, your coaching staff's gone. These guys are gone. You gotta replenish it with something. I mean, he just led the league and passed it like four weeks ago. Cool. So can I get a fourth and a fifth for him oh. to send him to the Jets? Okay. So I keep him healthy. I send okay. him up to New York. And then he get back up Aaron Rodgers, and I have 12 draft picks <laughs> next year because I'm the Washington Commanders or whatever their name's gonna be next.
0: See so almost you see, so you changed it me because. When you first said that,
1: yeah, I, I was trying to get I, to that point. I, I almost
0: had I almost had a Stephen A moment. Like, you know, like Skip used to say stuff and he used to be like,
1: Yeah. That, that was about be, to be me. <laughs> see, you know, I'm i I'm a qualifying, quantify what I was saying. Like All right. my thing is just was like because I think a lot of teams are in that that like we talked about that. That was this 16, 17, 18. Around like, because we talk about like, when do you start positioning your team for the draft next year? Right, because you got to you got to commit physically. Like, I got to tell these fifty three guys are going to be on the roster on Sunday. I need you to, I need you to run hard on kickoff. I need you to run hard on punt return, punt block, whatever it is. I need you to block hard. I need you to do all these things hard. But management knows we're Chicago. Carolina's probably going to be the number one or two pick. We could lose a few games and be five, right. so we can get one and five. When do you tell the coach just to sit Justin for the rest of the year? Denver, we talk about Russell Wilson. When do when did Denver when did the brass call Sean Payton in and a GM and, and they sit well, down and say, "Listen." According
0: to that tweet that I read before we started,
1: it was, that conversation well, has been
0: going on since the bye week. So you know they just but they just made the decision. But, but uh, how
1: do you convince the other guys to keep playing so that that's the situation you're watching? Well, I think like, I
0: think they might play slightly better short term without Russ like for a driver, like they might start off okay before it settles in because I think that the players might be tired of Russ just as much as Peyton might be because we've had that conversation before. you know about yeah,
1: wait till Jerry Stham misses you on that slant route yeah, or he we'll throws see. it too far in front of you and that safety take your head off
0: all right so mr, mr. logical already told y'all he's taking carolina over jacksonville i'm True. taking i'm taking jacksonville even though carolina did run for 162 against marine bay last week so keep your eye on that give me uh houston over tennessee cj stroud is back will levis is gonna play so we've got our rookies going at it finally because you know cj stroud missed the matchup two weeks ago where Case Keenum was able to beat. We, we need, a future.
1: They we need
0: sun, a future. They sunned Tennessee in the Oiler jerseys because they were being petty, and it bit yeah. them in the
1: ass. They were doing that. They planned that for a while.
0: Yeah, they had to have. You know, yeah, they planned yeah. that.
1: For, I remember reading an article about that in September, and they were
0: like, why would you just not do it at home? I'm going with Houston. And if Mr. Logical is right about Carolina, we might just be setting up jacksonville colts for the division title next week so
1: the nfl is scripted so we'll see you know see. there
0: you go this is the game that i struggled the hardest with what do you think it is
1: pittsburgh seattle yes i want to pick pittsburgh <laughs> so
0: bad i want to pick i'm not, the not so i'm not betting but I'm not doing anymore it. but i'm not doing it i'm picking seattle I'm taking,
1: I'm taking pittsburgh
0: but this is pretty much an elimination game for all intents and purposes the loser of this game is He's going to have a of off. You know, they're going to have a tough road. Seattle could probably still get in because Green Bay and Minnesota play Sunday night. So, you know, they can still. But I think if Pittsburgh loses this game, they're pretty much done. They got Baltimore next week. But they could not be done because Baltimore does the thing.
1: Clinch. They'll uh, they'll clinch home field.
0: You know, so, yeah. But I'm going with Seattle. Um, Is DK Metcalf going to play? You know, apparently he's injured, so we'll have to see. Jackson Smith and Jimbo. Is Mitch
1: the- one inch shorter and 10 pounds lighter than D.K. Metcalf as he's listed on Wikipedia? No,
0: no, <laughs> but uh, but Mason Rudolph gets to start again, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going with I, – I,
1: uh, We're going to agree. We're probably going to agree.
0: Think, no, because I'm – Say it. Give me the Chargers.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that blur.
0: Gary oh, yeah, starting. I got Give that. Oh, Gary yeah, yeah.
1: starting. Yeah, I got that.
0: Yeah, nope. I, like I thought. You, I
1: thought. I thought. See. See if you. See if we on board on this one. Because Denver. Denver is such a laughing stock. Uh, we we listened to Ryan Clark's uh, soliloquy on what we call it earlier.
0: Yeah, he had the right. He ran into the right one.
1: He's like he ran to the right one. It's very similar to what I said about um. Sean Payton last week, but I think we might have been agreeance on this one. You ready? All right. I got Cincinnati beating Kansas City.
0: No, we don't agree. We don't agree? You know, but some stuff that did surprise me when I was looking at this game. I So the first question that I asked myself before I even looked at any stats or anything, I said, can Kansas City really lose two in a row at Arrowhead to a backup quarterback, basically, or like an inexperienced quarterback? And then as I started searching, I said, these they motherf- already did. are four and four at home this season. Or uh yeah.
1: They lost back up back to he lost he was eight note to rookies. That guy yeah. snapped. Yeah. Uh something like back well, to back losses. They lost the Buffalo
0: game at home. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh no I'm going with Kansas City. Um uh, it's it's winning time, if you All will. It's winning time, you know, Jay- not
1: not concepts like actually. No, no, no. I, th- I just think inside it's the fifty-two
0: so, and a half yard. I don't. Field I don't know if Cincinnati. Yard. I don't know if Cincinnati will be able to move the ball effectively against Kansas City.
1: You don't think it'd be tiresome when the Kansas City offense can't move the ball at all,
0: um. at all,
1: at all? We watched them against the Raiders. They could not effectively move the ball at all. So then when they needed the defense to like make a stop, literally Oakland. I keep saying Oakland because it was they were playing so Oakland last night, very old school <laughs> the last week. They did not complete a pass for the last three quarters of the game. Correct. You knew they were going to run it because running the ball at the end of the game. As the most effective <laughs> way to keep the clock going and keep Pacquiao no on the sideline. No Josh Jacobs. They ran the ball for like 65 yards on that drive.
0: Yeah. Zamir, like, Zamir White, 42 rushes, 145 yards.
1: And that was the only option. You knew that was it. And I know Spags is a great defensive coordinator, but a lot of, a lot of, any relationship you have is hand in hand. You could be a good husband, but you have to have a good wife that supports you. And you have to be a good husband to her to support her. It's not a matter of like, yo, I'm good at this. She's good at this. We going to make it work. Like now, nah, like it's, it has to be like this, this, this measure of support in the middle.
0: I'm I don't just going think off. the
1: Kansas city offense supports the defense the way that you know they needed to be because it's like listen they when they use that phrase when the, the when the past can pin their ears back that was happening a lot of times when new England with their run when they would go up 14-0 or the greatest show on turf and it was like we know you can't run the ball so now the defense can quote-unquote pin their ears back that's the balance It's like i'm gonna get you turnovers because you got us a double-digit lead. Now we're going to go out there and hunt. The Kansas City Chiefs haven't done anything offensively, at least their wide receiver core. They haven't operated as if they understand the magnitude of being in the right spot. So not necessarily so you can catch the ball, because this is something I saw from the Kansas City wide receivers the last, like, seven or eight weeks. They all get up fucking showboating. Like, Sky Moore getting up and dropping the ball. Because there is Tony. And all this. I'm like, dog, this dude is running for his life. So you can get open. Because you didn't run the route at first to beat the guy in your man-to-man coverage. There's no help. There's no double teams. Travis Kelsey has six dudes on him. The referee there. The coach there. Cheerleaders out there guarding Travis Kelsey. He's never open. These dudes getting balls, hitting him in a face mask. Patrick Mahomes threw a pass that went through the dude's hands and it was like, great defense. The defender's hand was here. The ball was here. Defender's hand here. Ball's here. And he dropped it. I have zero faith in Kansas City. I'm going to go ahead and call it 27-17 Cincinnati.
0: Here, here's something for you. If I'm being honest, they just know how to play us. Oh, first of all, quote, if I'm being honest, They just know how to play us. They know the leverage. They know what splits we're in. They just know what we're going to do in certain moments. They throw little double-doubles at us to stop the two best players on the outside, and that's all they do. It's not really like they've got a Jalen Ramsey on their squad, end quote. That is one Jamar Chase talking about Kansas City secondary. Yeah. And he might not even play this weekend, first of all.
1: (laughs) You don't need to. But
0: but you know, but uh I don't know, man. Like but I'm just like the Adams do last week. I'm just I'm just gonna trust Andy Reed and playoffs are coming up. I, I just I think I think I just think Cincinnati's fun is over. That's all.
1: Yeah, but like you could think that, but what like realistically, what have you seen from Chiefs wide receivers or running back core or just skill position players offensively? Well, I've seen a little says, bit like, from the
0: running back core, they just don't give them the ball enough.
1: Really? They give the ball to Pacheco all the time. He gets you know, three and, not, and a half
0: yards to carry, if that.
1: Not enough. They don't give
0: it to him enough.
1: Would you bet your mortgage on the Chiefs winning? No. Okay. I'd bet my rent money that I pay here.
0: On <laughs> the all right, well, you have fun with that and let me know yeah. how I it mean, goes. I won't do it because I have to live here just in case. The <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, it I'm, feels crazy. I'm taking – uh the Eagles to beat their former defensive coordinator, you know, Jonathan Gannon. The most
1: exciting coach in the NFL.
0: That's right. The most interesting man in the world. You know, get uh, your blood
1: boiling. How you <laughs> here today?
0: Yeah. So if Dallas does slip up against Detroit, you know, Philadelphia can put away the division. Um, I don't think Arizona's going to stop them anyway. And, no. you know, so just give me Philly. And then finally, last but not least, Mr. Logicals. Favorite backup quarterback, Jaron Hall, you know, getting the start for the Vikings. after. See, Nick Mullins is the only quarterback in NFL history that has probably thrown for 411 yards and got benched the next week.
1: (laughs) You talking about the kid out of BYU?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's starting. Uh, They benched Nick Mullins. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson is out.
1: Yeah, so ACL, PCL, CL, something like that? Yeah, MPL, yeah. PCL? Season.
0: Yeah, uh, We don't know if uh, Jordan Addison's going to play or not. You know, they will have the Jet. Uh, we do know that Jair Alexander is not going to play because he'll be serving his one game. Stupidest suspension I ever heard in my life.
1: Keep in mind... A- a kicker from the Giants got suspended for one game for domestic violence. So for a guy to get suspended for one game for going out as a team captain is just ludicrous. Yeah. I know it's different situations and context is important, but I don't know. Maybe it was the post game. Maybe it was the press conference afterwards. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't think you. I didn't even know they named them and like it was like that official. It's like one of those. It's like a very Air Force kind of. Where you ever you like deal with ever. Yeah. Air Force kind of rule, and it was like, Well, you know, it's just conditions of employment. It's like, Is that necessary though? <laughs> well, like, 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 I get that you could write down this rule and you could type it out and argue it out, but I'm like, Is it necessary?
0: Yeah, so you know, and then he then he had the nerve, so he wanted to toss, you know, because he called tails, he wanted to because he had no idea what he's doing, and then he had the nerve to be like, Yo, we want to give the defense on the whoa. we defer, You're buddy, not we not defer, right?
1: Yeah, like, we defer, buddy he might be that quintessential jock. He just went to school to play football. because, like, we, we watched the interview and I'm like, so I'm not going to knock somebody for like their, you know, the accent, whatever the case may be. Right. But just the way he puts sentences together, is like (laughs) either you are high, you're not bright or you don't care. It's like, (laughs) Oh, Oh, it coming to me. Yeah. I was like, what is he talking about? (laughs) It just, you know, it just it, felt. It just felt like I don't know if Kyler Murray stands in front of the microphones and answers the questions the <laughs> anyway.
0: Well, you know the like, uh sto- the story of this game is uh for me is Brian Flores and what can he scheme up against Jordan Love because earlier this season I was making a lot of fun of Jordan Love because he was just throwing the picks and just t- he being t- reckless right. with the ball. Yeah, his last uh. Let's see, what is it here? You know, his last – five five out of his last six games, he's thrown at least two touchdowns with no interceptions. So, yeah, you I know – I got
1: his numbers here for the – did I write it down? Drawing love. I got 3,500 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, 11 picks. Those so numbers are better than Mahomes.
0: His number is better than Lamar Jackson besides the picks. Yeah, He's got eight more passing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. You know, so I don't know. Think with that what you will. But you know, uh, but those are the picks for this week. I'm picking Green Bay. Uh you picking Green Bay?
1: I'm picking Green Bay just because I think Minnesota is just kind of in shambles. I hope they keep their team together. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is gonna do, I don't know if he's gonna take the full next season off to to recover. Right. Take his check and then let them figure out the quarterback position. I think Brian Flores, I wish he was in position to get a job, but the fact that he's a defensive coach, I don't know if but the way he's openings, turned around
0: his defense, he might get a look.
1: He might get a look to be a defensive coordinator because the offensive coordinator in L.A., being the Rams, gets a drop. And I don't know who that person is. I'm just saying,
0: like, oh, you know who, you know who the Rams defensive coordinator is?
1: No, offensive. The Rams offensive. Oh, oh coordinator. offensive
0: coordinator. I thought you said defensive coordinator.
1: Is it like Ryan Morris? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Atlanta should have hired him. He's not one of the examples of like that, that interim coach. I'm not sure if I can recall off the top of my head. Maybe you can, since you know we're over two hours now. You just kind of think about it in the top of your head. I don't recall many interim coaches, even with I knew Smith, that. getting hired.
0: I knew that. What is that? Uh Mike LaFleur is the Rams offensive coordinator. Matt's little brother? Yeah. I knew that.
1: So I can see him getting the the Charters. Charter job, <laughs> and then bringing in Flores to be the coordinator. I just don't see Flores getting a head coaching job and bringing in you Michael think, Ford to you be think the another
0: year, or you think like that's done for?
1: I just think that your defense has to be. It's it's the same thing we talk about the MVP. If you're not a quarterback, you gotta have like some kind of series of stats that are just all world. Right, like your team has to be first in sacks, second and third in turnover, and you have to have got to like be
0: the Ravens two thousand
1: comeback player of the year <laughs> and defensive twenty fifteen MVP you know. candidate and defensive player of the year candidate on your defense, and none of those people were even in consideration when you took over. Right. Like I think that's how going forward you're going to be a defensive head coach that gets a defensive coach that gets a head coaching position because yeah. I can look at, okay, Mike McCarthy calls the plays in Dallas. Mike McDaniels calls him in Miami. LaFleur. LaFleur calls him in Green Bay. I'm trying to think of a, a coach that we know, like Atlanta's offensive coordinator, at, but Arthur Smith still calls the plays. I'm trying to think. The enemy calls the plays. So maybe he gets a look, but he's already kind of had like, kind of gone through the ringer with the head coaching interviews. Right. I think it might not, it might be tough for him. Uh, maybe the guy who's the offensive coordinator at Indy.
0: I'm not sure. Who,
1: it's not necessarily Steichen's the head coach. Right. But right. because Gardner Menchus has had such a great season, it might be viewed as, as like oh, a collective team. Effort.
0: Oh man,
1: what we got? Jim Bob Cooter. Which one is that? He's
0: back for the Colts.
1: Who was he coordinated for before? I remember that name,
0: <laughs> Jim Bob Cooter. He was with uh. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. But
1: that's we had a conversation about it because I remember that name being so like just kind of prominent in conversation. Yeah,
0: he uh, um, I know he was with Philly so he's been with Steichen for a minute. Okay. Um, he was with Jacksonville, I believe, last year, not as the offensive of coordinator. Okay, I here think, we go. I, I,
1: got another, I got another name. I got a name for you. At least a uh,
0: team in the Detroit. The- that's where I remember him from with Matt Stafford. Yeah.
1: Tampa Bay offensive
0: coordinator. Oh, this was his first year. This is his first year as the offensive coordinator.
1: The way he's turned Baker Mayfield around, I could see him
0: uh-huh. being the a position to get yeah.
1: getting the, the Washington job or the Chargers job. Yeah, I remember you know, like, bringing him I mean, I up. I don't know what like, he really was. I'm just I'm trying to think of Yeah, like,
0: Well, I remember like we were talking defensive. about him before the season started. That was why we had Tampa – that was one of the reasons why we had Tampa so First low. First-year offensive
1: coordinator, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Brian Lefkowitz is out there still kind of reading film, and, and maybe he can get back in the race. I think he's probably should have taken a Jacksonville job.
0: Yeah, especially with his history there, you know. like uh, It so would have worked out. Just he didn't it. like the GM. If the GM was that bad, he would have got fired probably. You know?
1: He would have got fired before you if you would have signed yeah. a five-year deal five-year, $80 million, they get rid of the GM before they get rid so of So that's what
0: I was wondering. Hopefully he hasn't screwed himself from getting another job down the line outside of long, being a
1: coordinator. Long. I was just talking to the right people because sometimes, man, listen, I'm a black dude in America. I get it. It's a tough road for us sometimes, but you don't let that shit hold you back. Right. Like Carlos Miller uh, from 85 South, he said a quote, and I want to make sure I get it right. I've been drinking a little bit. And he said be who you are until it stops you from being who you want to be.
0: Oh, I like that. And
1: I'm, and I married that with this quote that, or a statement that Cat Williams gave. He's talking to Larry King and Larry King was doing like these fire, these rapid fire questions. And Larry King asked Cat Williams, what's the worst advice you've ever received? And his response was don't change. And I was like, that's deep. So when yeah. I heard, so I've heard that, I heard that like a while ago and I was like, that's, that's dope. So then when I heard this the other day, it was like, be the person who you, be the person who you are until it starts you being who you wanna be. Right. It's like, I get it. You can rest on your tenacity and your anger and your position, but it's like, is this hindering me now? Like, am I, have I gotten to the point where, like a Kanye West kind of situation. Kanye West is like, I can let these dream killers kill my self-esteem, or use my arrogance as a steam to power my dreams. Yes, but is it now hindering you from being mm-hmm. able to be, you know, you know, have self-awareness and be reflective because you're simply still rolling with this arrogance theme? So right. I think, or right, if if a, if Byron Leftwich is one of those guys that's kind of looked at it like. If he's looking around, looking at the landscape like us, it's like, I don't think there's a lot of guys out there calling great games. I've watched a lot of third and twos, and they go five wide. Every team, no matter the talent level of the quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky should not be throwing third and two or fourth and two routes five wide. He needs a tight end and a running back in every one of those situations when it's crunch time. The yeah, defense need to believe that they go throw it to the tight end or run it behind the tight end. Right. Even if they guess right, whatever. I know he cannot make the fourth and two, third and two, fourth and seven throw, whatever five. I just, I don't believe it. The defense right. doesn't either. So no. I see a lot of you know teams doing that. So I imagine that if he kept his nose clean and he's he's still in the he's still in the lab, I like to see him get a shot.
0: Yeah, we'll see. You know, but. You know, y'all getting a shot. That's what I'm fixing to do. You know, saying a shot of a hot toddy because these allergies (laughs) are kicking my ass. You know what I'm saying? But, yo, Florida State, Georgia tomorrow. Penn State, Mississippi tomorrow. Auburn and uh, Maryland tomorrow. So I'll be having my eyes on all three of those games. Uh, Go ahead and double check my schedule. Make sure I didn't forget anybody. We got Toledo and Wyoming in the Arizona Bowl. You know, they then uh, Monday, no games on Sunday, of course. Monday, besides the playoff games, we got LSU and Wisconsin in the Relia Quest Bowl. You know say i saying? try to say that five times fast. Um, we got Iowa. My sweetheart, Iowa. Playing against Tennessee. Joe Milton sitting out the bowl game. Nico. I ain't even trying to say his last name. Nico getting the start. You know, we got High Noon, live from Phoenix or Glendale, whatever you prefer. We got Mr. Logical's Liberty Flames. Lynchburg, stand up, you know what I'm saying, against Oregon. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, that's it, you know what I'm saying? Like, we get it all popping, you know. But on that note, y'all, enjoy your football. Enjoy your New Year's. You know, let's make 2024 a great year. Sports be safe. Is it's coming at you. Biggest movement since Dipset, but I am not Juel Santana. You know, so we're going to put it like that. And we will be back on Tuesday. Be
1: safe. We gonna recap. Not drive drunk this weekend. I'm not saying it because the cops are going to be out. Just
0: Ooh, the first safe. sergeant speech. <laughs> be
1: safe. I'm telling you. It's the prime time of the year to get pulled over. Don't have a couple of drinks to try to get to the next party. Trust me, the next party is not better Yo. than the party you're currently Yo. at. All of y'all. Stay there. Enjoy yourself. Get your pillow, your air mattress. Sleep it off. Go all home. All of y'all morning. got at
0: least 30 people into your phone. You could call one of them.
1: Call anybody. Anybody.
0: You know what I'm saying? Call your mama and have her call your girlfriend. You pay right.
1: double for the you Uber if necessary. But yes. be safe. Stay home. $10,000 DUI, or even worse, a manslaughter charge is not worth going to the next party.
0: Yes, we will be back on Tuesday, and we want you here with us. You know, like, review, subscribe, share, do all the things, talk to your grandma. It's all free. Let us you know, know. I, said, I promise. I love my. I promise you. I love my wife, so your grandma is safe for now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, yo. We'll be back next week. See you later. Peace.